Transhumanists, robots, and exiled minds. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're here with my good friend, the mighty Rohan of the Exiled Minds podcast, and we're talking about magic. Is it real? Is it fake? Is it somewhere in between? And how complicated and how far does this rabbit hole go? That's what's on the docket tonight. Thanks for dealing with our tech issues. Here we go. 99 Loft Balloons. Welcome to the Mighty Rohan, killing the music. Let's do this. Let's start it over. And uh, so you were talking about science. Uh, go ahead. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks everyone for bearing with me. And thanks for getting, getting through this and checking all this, Mike. So yeah, let's just get straight on with it, shall we? Now I've got that bit out of the way. You've got to work for this stuff. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So you mentioned actually, you mentioned uh, like say third. We mentioned third times a charm, and uh, actually we can we can start with three in a way, because with magic, basically there were three main categories as it happens. So let's uh, jump straight into this. Okay. So I want to discuss these themes that magic uh, discussed today. That magic's real, and the uh, science is poised to take on board. Uh, like a, we're gonna have to take on board magic and then start developing a new kind of uh, psychophysical nature of reality kind of science. Okay, so magic starts with three categories. I've got mental influence of the physical world. All right, you got a uh, perception of distant things in space and time, and interaction with non-physical entities. So it does start with the uh, three main categories. So that this way we're talking force of will you know influence of the physical world associated with things like spell casting and techniques meant to like intentionally influence events actions yeah so you've got your force of will you've got your divination like your tarot cards and your, you know merry gazing and then you've got your theurgy from the greek meaning god work okay and this involves methods of uh, evoking spirits right and so if we take a scientific approach to, to this, what I, I get why it seems like woo-woo, because it kind of like it's set up to, to be that way. But we've got to take we've got to take a scientific approach, haven't we? So believe it or not, in studying this, in looking into it, I found out that I think I've mentioned it before, that in the scientific literature, it informs us the study of magic, if we just it would be real if we just measured it by how much of a body of knowledge there is it's although science is one of the most like accurate it's the most accurate lens on reality we've got so far but at the same time it's saying that magic's not real 
but it's the most studied thing in all of science. Do you know what I'm saying? So I found that quite curious, Mike. And that's kind of what got me in, intrigued about this. And I don't know. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, so like I said, uh, the, the funny, funny enough, uh, a lot of that stuff um, and a lot of my you know, knowledge of actual magic uh, comes from Dungeons and Dragons. And it is like I've always joked about, oh, that, yeah. right? It's like, it's like, well, well, you know, if you think I know a little something, something about some esoteric stuff once in a while, it all came from Dungeons and Dragons and pretty much nowhere else. Like I haven't read any Crowley or, you know what I mean? Any of that stuff. And I, I haven't even really uh, delved into the, the scientific world of what magic is, except for in the periphery, right? Doing it in, in, let's say the scope of these shows, the troubled mind shows as it kind of came up from time to time. So, so that I think was a fantastic primer in setting up how this is supposed to work, right. In, in terms of what magic is. So it, it, it is, and we've said this before too, right. If you go back to, to the old, uh, you know, if aliens landed here or whatever, uh, not to bring aliens into this all the time, but if they did and they were doing some high technology, and us knuckleheaded humans, you know, the apes that fling poo at each other on the internet, were like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, that seems a lot like magic, right? The old uh, Arthur C. Clarke thing, you know, any uh, advanced technology would be indistinguishable from magic to the lesser uh, advanced society. Well, here we are. So I, I think that's the thing. So if we have any sort of futurism involved, like, for instance, uh, magic-wise and science-wise, like you were just describing, whatever DARPA has, right, the, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which supposedly is 30 to 50 years ahead of the rest of the world in technology for defense purposes. Let's say uh, you took their technology, whatever they have to, I don't know, downtown Las Vegas, and you were able to do literally a magic show. It might already be possible, right? With science. I mean, so, so for sure, I think scientifically in, in terms of, just advancement, uh, magic is real, I think, in that sense, right? Because we don't know what we don't know yet. But then again, like you said, lighting candles, the woo-woo, this type of stuff, it, it is why it gets uh, it gets maligned. It's why people uh, shrug their shoulders and go, magic, what are these guys talking about? This is just dumb. But uh, yeah, yeah, good good way to start it. I, I didn't know uh, the exact ways other than, you know, the D&D &D ways, because, hey. Yeah, Mag and it's magic crazy. I mean, it's like... Yeah, exactly, and it's it's interesting that um, so you mentioned the D and D, and you you know play the Stranger Things type music and stuff on your show, and it's like, well, that's where we're getting our magical lore from, right? It's kind of coming from storytelling, but I mean, as we'll get to see, sort of going into this, that's that's it. Kind of some of that stuff kind of feels true. I don't know about you, it kind of feels like, oh yeah, that seems natural. That yeah, that's probably what what they're like and it's like i think the problem is we've got we've got this kind of with quote-unquote western science which is a bit of a misnomer it's just like you know european-centric based sciences that got developed with that i think for me the rubber meets the road with this we've overlooked consciousness haven't we a little bit because with the eastern philosophies have got no problem with it the Western philosophers, because they've gone with material science, and 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 it's worked, right? It's worked. Is it? You know, science has got its issues, but it, it, but in the last few hundred years since we adopted it, we've gone from, you know, translating the ancient Greek stuff in the 17th century to, like I say, being able to talk to people on Discord on the other side of the world. 
whilst getting Alexa to order your pizza. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's difficult. So it's a lot to ask for, you know, for someone to come in and say, hey, Mike, magic's real. And you, yeah, you can slice little bits of it off and say maybe, but the co say, no, it's all magic. It's when magic's everything. When science is saying, no, it's not. And science has showed us loads of stuff about the world, hasn't it? So in this like amazing lens of, and it's got us to create all this stuff. So it kind of flies in the face, doesn't it? So I can say, I can understand why people and a lot of scientists will be like, uh-uh. But there's that niggling bit in there of consciousness. What's that? Because you, the, the traditional Western kind of idea about consciousness is that it's, it's a product of the brain. It's coming from the brain, right? It's generating it. But there's no evidence at all to back it up. So there's a bit of a schism there, isn't there? It's just such a strange thing to me. There's no evidence at all, yet it seems to be that's what we're working with. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not sure no evidence at all. I think I think if you look at, you know, the quantum world and entanglement and superposition and some some really things like that, uh, that's magic, right? I mean, clearly uh, the, the old uh, double slit test like we've talked about in the past, the particle wave duality, like that's magic. That seems to be like... Oh, no, I mean in terms of consciousness, sorry. Uh, the oh, scientific yeah, yeah. premise that consciousness is generated by the brain. There's no evidence of that, is there? Oh, uh, well, I guess it depends on who you ask. I mean, I, I, th I think as usual, that's part of the problem. And look, so you guys know, this is just a discussion. The, I, I did the versus thumbnail as a joke. This is, we're not, we're not fighting here. We're just talking. We're just talking. <laughs> Rohan's like, is it like that? I'm like, no, no, it's not like that. It's just a joke. <laughs> but we're just talking here. So, so I know what, why, why I bring up the quantum world, what I'm saying is uh, it, it ties to consciousness in, in ways that we probably can't perceive yet. And that's what I mean by magic. I don't mean specifically just, you know, the tiny, tiny things. I mean that uh, that seems to be working in our brains and even the way we connect with each other, you know, like we've talked about that in the past with, um, let's say, uh, people's sync, uh, they, they sync socially. Their minds sort of end up on the same wavelength by spending time together, including, uh, uh -huh. for instance, like doing this. I mean, we're, we're across the world from each other. And so us having a conversation, it stands to reason that they tested this as well. People playing video games or whatnot, on the internet, even isolated from each other, they tend to have their brains sync up in like a particular frequency, right? Whatever frequency they're speaking on or whatever level that happens to be. So, I mean, I guess you could think of it in terms of just exchanging ideas, meaning, look, let's say we came on here and we were actually fighting with each other and we were super passionate about this. And I was like telling you, no, this is fake. And it's not never been real in the history of the mm -hmm. universe. And you're like, yeah, it is yeah. Mike. And we're yelling at each other. You know what I mean? Like then we're sinking. We, our, yeah. Which does our, happen sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it happens. But we're sinking our brainwave on whatever that level is on sort of like a, you know, like a fight level. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, there's something to it that is it is magic in, in terms of that social sync. And, and the reason I'm bringing up all that in consciousness and bringing it all back to that is because how do you define that? How do you quantify over such a vast distance? Let's say you were in Alpha Centauri and we're still doing this and we have a way to actually broadcast live uh, together with no delay or whatever from the light years. Uh, that, that would mean that across the the distance of space, we could still sink our brainwaves. You know what I mean? Now that, if that doesn't mm -hmm. seem like magic to you, man, I don't know what does, right? So I think in terms of consciousness, that's what I meant. That uh, kind of a long-winded way. But hey, uh, my middle name is long-winded. Hey. 
It's long something, isn't it? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, we get it. We've got that unusual phenomenon with uh, metronomes as well, which is a bit of a weird one. We, if you have a metronomes out of sync, but they're on a surface that's kind of flexible, so there's some kind of movement and, and you know energy transfer able to happen. Then they, they tend they synchronize, don't they? That's just a natural thing in nature where things want to be at a sort of resting place or, you know, most path of least resistance. Do you know what I'm saying? And that can seem like magic, I suppose. But like I say, it's, just a, it's a principle of physics, right? That sort of sympathetic thing, you know. And I think uh, even the, like I say, we're pretty, uh, say, drinking the maybe juice on troubled minds. So we're pretty, uh, you know, flexible with this stuff in general, I think. But, you know, even some of the, you see, there's that thing about experience, isn't there? Like we can th theorize something all day long, but some things you can only kind of learn from experience. And there's people that are ardently against, you know, what they'll call magical thinking. But if you have an experience, Mike, if something, if something weird happens, if people change the tune, then, you know, and I've got this example from, you know, back in the early days. So we've got this guy who was born in 1910. To 1989, so Alfred Jules here. Now he was a British philosopher who specialised in a logical positivism, and that's a field that's like it just completely rejects anything metaphysical, religious, or magical. Right, like hardcore atheists. And he uh, he had one of those near-death experiences when he was 77. So and he reports it to people, and he said that. Um, you know, it's slightly weakened his position that death would be the end of me. So, so it's it's almost like it, it's almost like reality. Reality don't care what you think. If you happen to get an experience or something, it's going to kind of shake you to the core, in it. And for this guy, this so I was just trying to get into this guy's head as like a, this ardent atheist type person, and then having a near death experience, and you know, I might perceive it because he's so he's he's perceived the other side as repeated attempts to cross a river and a red light that's exceedingly bright and painful is responsible for governing the universe. And I thought, man, that's <laughs> such hey, a hey, hard-edged hey. view of the universe, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing too. So so as usual, right, I, I just don't like the uh, the hard answers to like the... To, to the hard questions or the easy answers to the hard questions is probably a better way to put it because who really knows, right? Like I said, Hey, if you glow and float, I, I defer. You're the magical one. You tell me what to do next. Grand sire or whatever you're going to be called. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And that's why people don't believe in magic, right? It's because, okay, where's the glowing mm -hmm. and floating people? Where are they? Where, where, where do they reside, right? Where are these magical people that you talk about? And I'm not saying you, I'm saying in general terms, right? Uh, Matt says yeah, in the yeah. chat, uh, and, he, and he's totally right, that's what makes most people believe in magic. They have an experience. And, and that's, that's true. And th really, that's why uh, these, you know, this type of conversation is even allowed, because there is that personal experience that people have that's unexplainable inexplicable in so many ways that they they don't know where else to turn and so it, is it a trick of the consciousness like we said is it i don't know uh, it could be a lot of things couldn't it i think it definitely could exactly and it's and i think it's, it's very easy to to throw things out 
and it's very easy to say oh, it's hallucination that's a that's a classical one isn't it yeah, you must have been seeing things you know but it's i found it fascinating that hallucination that didn't used to be a thing even that did it didn't, didn't used to be like a term it used to be called consciousness expanding substance that gets changed to hallucinogenic which changes a real experience to giving you permission to dismiss it do you know so it's, it's almost like that thing of like you know if you if you're a kid and you keep thinking you're seeing spirits like the a mystery bandit or whatever you call it but then you start hearing it's that stuff's not real you're going to ignore it aren't you do you know what I'm saying? It'd probably fall out of your perception, I would think. You know, and, and even these even these experiences that shake us to the core, I mean, I'm quoting that from a, our old friend, uh, Michael Shermer, where he had a Fiji experience where he's, he, gets, he gets married, right? And his bride, she was, like, upset after they got, you know, immediately after they got married, saying, oh, it's a shame, you know, my granddad couldn't, couldn't have been here sort of thing because he'd, he'd uh, like to have seen it right but of course then a radio starts playing in the bedroom and they trace the sound to a desk drawer and it all comes back to Sherma. it's like oh no that's the old transistor radio the granddad's old radio he tried to fix it couldn't fix it put it in the drawer and it starts playing a love song do you know what i'm saying and so they're both there shocked and she's like oh he's here with us, you know, and carries on playing all night and then never works again. So then Caltech's, you know, physicist Sean Carroll is like, you know, said so the laws of physics are ruled out, the possibility of, uh, you know, true psychic powers. And Sherman's like, well, I've, I've had one of these experiences here. Do you know what I'm saying? But then two years later, he's, he's, he's slamming the door on things, saying that there's no possible way that magic could ever be real. It's not because he says this. I've got a quote from him. This, the slamming it. Is, so he has this experience, talks about the radio, publishes it, you know, tells, tells the world, but then turns around and says, you know, it can't ever possibly happen, not simply because we haven't found, you know, the forces that create magic, but because we definitely would have found them if the characteristics were there. And it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like flipping it over. I just, I just think it's kind of it's sad. And I wonder what the motivation is. Because I don't, I don't think it's probably something beyond just trying to save your career or, you know, to me, feeling stupid or, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, he's respected already, you know. So it's like, I don't know, this backtracking thing, I think there's a bit of like, I don't want to say cowardice, but I think there's a bit of, there's too much of that. People are a bit afraid, aren't they, in science? Even if they've already said it, they're pulling it back. And the same happened when I was looking for these, uh, looking all, all this massive body of science that's looked at magic. And you've got this one guy, I ain't got his name, I'll get him up later. But this one guy writes this book, right? It, it, take, it takes him years to make it. It's a gigantic magical book, Mike. But he's a science guy from like um, the 19th century. So he spends seven years putting this giant magical book together. But he writes a preface at the beginning saying that he absolutely don't believe in magic. You know what I mean? It's like, what kind of a schizophrenic attitude is that? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just just quick, uh, real quick to the chat. Uh, what's up? Uh, Unseen Apex says, can I respectfully disagree? You can disagree all you want, man. Like this is, <laughs> as always, right? This is not uh, any declaration of truth. And and you mentioned a little ways up. I just want to make sure we're, we're clear here on 
again, like when you have a conversation, it's it's tough to kind of encompass everything. And so you you uh, use illustrative effect to make a point. So glowing and floating isn't obviously not right. Not you said there's all all the uh, there's more to magic than that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that's not just everything magic is. And so so, of course, like it's just it's just an illustrative effect to say that, look, uh, hey, you know, to show me the telekinesis and I'm going to believe in magic. You know what I mean? Show me whatever it is. Show me show me the manifestation of a better future, what, whatever it is. Right. Uh, just just illustrative effect is all. I'm not boiling down yeah, magic to just it. one thing. So it, there's a lot of things. There's yeah. a lot of things here. And yes, and yes, you're allowed to disagree. I mean, that's that's the whole point of these conversations is that it's not about what I think or what Rohan thinks. It is because we're the ones talking in this sense. But like like Rohan said, and like I always say, the universe doesn't give a shit what we think. It's going to do what it does no matter what. So uh, could we be wrong about every bit of this? Absolutely. And here we go. Go ahead, sir. You were about to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was well, that's a really great point, actually. And funnily enough, I've got a, a time for that. I watched uh, either the Joshua P. Warren. Well, he's got those wishing machines. And it's the same thing. It's a reasonable question to ask if you pay your $300 for your wishing machine. That you, you know what I mean? That you're not allowed to open. And if you do, it will break it because they're protective of how they work. You know what I mean? It's like, well, the first thing even says, the guy that promotes them and say, even says, look, First thing people want to do is want to. How do I get the million dollars? They want. They want to wish for the mansion and this, that, and the other. Right. Obviously, you want to see the glow. I want telekinesis. I want to teleport, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? And I can't. Right. But I'm not. But you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily throwing it out. But I know I've looked into it, and I kind of know why I can't. Do you know what I'm saying? But I also know that I can. Like you can do the glowing thing. Sort of, sort of, but there's a reason why you can't just get your wishing machine and and get a million dollars the next day. There's a reason, you know, because there's other things working against you. It's like anything else, you know. There's there's a whole rest of the world, you know. It comes up a bit later, but it's it, but it might as well just deal with it now because we can deal with this stuff. It's the same thing. There's a kind of magical inertia because you've got everyone's got their own free will, aren't they? So if you're creating, which is essentially a ripple in space-time, some kind of warp, there's something else that's going to ripple back. You know, if you affect the reality, then something else might not like it. Do you know what I'm saying? That might be manifesting as somebody having a fly buzz around the face so they'll swat it away. Or, or let's look at it like this. If you, is a good example that Dean Raiden gives, which I've based this, uh, this talk on. Dean Raiden spoke with real magic. Now, he, he says it like, well, you've got a lot of inertia to work against. You know, if a, if an elephant wiggles its body, its tail's going to flick around, right? But if a tail swats a fly, the elephant's not going to move, and we're the tail. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can't get these gigantic effects just like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's certain states you have to get to to, to make this stuff kind of work, and it's like... So it's a reasonable, so it, it's, it's both. It's both. It's that, yeah, magic's real, but at the same time, it's so totally reasonable to say, well, where's this and where's that? I suppose it's a bit like the God question, isn't it? Where is it? But sometimes it's a failure of category if everything's God. Do you know what I mean? Does that example make sense? Yeah, and, and also, uh, so, so where is the magic, number one? Uh, and then two... If people are magic or can be magic and can tap into the magic, where are the magical people, right? Where are they? And like I've said in the past, mm-hmm. 
I think magic in terms of, you know, uh, words, you know, we talk about words have meaning and casting spells. And, you know, that's why I, you know, I'm not perfect, but I do take it seriously. The things that we say here in terms of, you know, not being emphatic about most anything, because the second you start doing stuff like that, you start sort of manifesting those realities for other people. You know what I mean? Because people come here and they listen kind of casually, even let's say they're not even like tuned in to like every single word. Let's say they put us on for background noise on their cooking dinner. You know what I mean? There's still things that you're saying that are sort of uh, kind of tapping if they're subconscious that, you know, maybe even if they don't sort of perceive it, let's say in conscious terms, part of them is still soaking up whatever we're saying. And so if it is that negativity, like I was you know, talking about sinking brainwaves earlier with you and I or whatever, even from across the pond, if it's negativity all the time, or if it's like, these are the answers and everything else is wrong type stuff, it, it puts more of it out there. And there's too much of that out there. There's way too much of that shit out there. And that's why I'm like, no, let's not, let's not do that all the time. We can, we can fight, man. We can argue and we can piss and moan at each other. We can fling poo. We can do that stuff. But good God, don't you think there's too much of that shit already out there? And that is, that's magic. That's control. But what it, how it manifests, where it comes from, I don't know. That's a whole other thing, isn't it? Well, that's right. That's, that's a really great point. And that's what I was going to go next, actually, with the words. But that's, yeah, we've got a responsibility for our words. We do, really. Because and I think also, I'm pretty sure Manly P. Hall said this, that we've got a responsibility for our thoughts which I suppose basically that's what our words are doing. They're expressing our thoughts, aren't they, anyway? So I suppose we can interchange them. But it's, and it's true because, especially with the English language, words are magical. Magical. I remember when we've talked about podcasting and you're helping me to sort of develop things and, uh, you know, consider vernacular and this, that, and, the other, and vocabulary. And we tend to have words we say a lot. So there's this thing about the word interesting and switching it up for other words like, you know, wild far out or fascinating but there you go there's a word that I never really thought about fascinating that's a magical word it's a magical word so let's let's do the etymology of stuff the word magic comes from the greek word magos like mage or mem it means member of a learned priestly class so magic comes from magos which is priest and priests are related to miracles if anything or the religion is but that's coming from God, isn't it? Not from the person. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so magic, magos. Okay. And that's coming from, let's say, the word magnus. Like you got the majors, and that's from ancient Persian word. And that means, that magus means to be able or to have power or sorcerer. You know what I'm saying? And in the early 19th century, look at magic, it's got connotations of like entertainment then. So a couple of centuries later, now these same words mean entertainment. Magic, it's delight, it's attraction, yeah? Or magic can imply something exotic or something alien. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, see how the words start to change over the time. And it's got a subtext of like um, uh, magic has this kind of alluring quality. An exciting electrifying quality and so then the word fascinating fascinate it comes from the latin word fascinatus to bewitch or to enchant the word bewitch or enchant is have roughly the same meaning as magic or charm or glamour and we're using you know what snapchat filters to add charm and glamour 
to our fed. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like magic's just completely magical words are embedded in our language, which is designed to be a magical language because the English language gets us embodying those words. And we'll say things like, I am hungry, rather than I feel hunger pains. We say, I am the hunger. Say so, so then what we're doing there is we're, we're dissolving the separation of the outside and the inside, the, you know, the sort of, although it's in your belly, so it's inside. That's kind of an outside thing that's happening outside of your mind, isn't it? But yeah. with the English language, you're making it part of you. So you're dissolving that separation, you see? Like, uh, like Rohan, I am become hunger. Ah, yeah, or, exactly. <laughs> or, or, or we would just say, I'm hella hangry. I'll be right back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like in, in terms of uh, the way language is constructed too. And I think that's a weird part. Uh, you know, I'm not a linguist, so I can't really go into any intricacies there. But it does make me wonder, like you describe, is if uh, particular languages are more predisposed to, uh, we're talking about like an ancient language. And like you said, the roots are very, very particular Latin roots and this type of thing. If you're kind of closer to that, but with maybe these Latin based languages or otherwise, if there's a, maybe an underlying intent to the tone, to the, to the base, to the root of the words. I don't know, man. I think it's, I think it's fascinating as hell. Ah. And maybe it's part of the manipulation at all as, as part of language itself. It is, it is, it is interesting to think about. And so, so look, I think as, as usual, I, I think it's complicated. Uh, and we're talking magic tonight. If you're just joining us, what's up guys, shout out to DD out in the chat. Been a while since you've been here. Uh, but we're talking in terms of like magic is it real? Right. And in, as always, personally, I think it's complicated because I think in terms of magic, can you manifest your future with magic? I think maybe, but I think it's also complicated, right? You can't just, uh, you know, find yourself uh, doing nothing but meditating 18 hours a day and manifesting, let's say a Maserati. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to work, but you see, and, and, I, and I say that again, use illustrative terms just, just to, to kind of make points. I'm not saying you would try to manifest a Maserati. That seems like a terrible thing to manifest. Uh, but you see what I mean? Like, I think, I think there's uh, sort of that meditation, that focus, that intent. But then there's also, right, the action part that comes with magic. Like, the, without, without action, there is no magic, right? Exactly, yeah. The intent is kind of what seems to, seems to drive it, which we'll sort of see in the studies in a bit. But yeah, this brings up the point, like say with the, with the language and, and, you know, is <laughs> all this identity politics going on. And we should be able to, I think if we, like say, if we start worrying about stuff, quote unquote, fight, you know, fighting each other, it's, isn't that a failure of diplomacy? And like you always mentioned, you know, the mark of an intelligent person should be able to talk about this stuff. You know, and and but this, this is the thing as well. It's like, well, if this, um, let's let's assume that it works, then right? Let's let's say if it's you know magic's real. Well, it's neither good or bad, is it? Like any other tool, right? You know, it's is magic. You know, what I'm saying it's going to be neutral. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's like, well, you get you're going to have a, like say it's complicated. So there's going to be in between areas. So, and there is, there is even in magic, there's a, you know, because we've heard of black magic, you know, sort of dark to intended to do harm to people, but then you get sort of gray magic. I, I, I mean, imagine this, imagine this. It's, 
you know, the contentious election with Hillary Clinton and Trump, right? So we all remember that. And and there's people wishing for, there's people wanting things, isn't there? Wanting this candidate to win or that one. And there was wanting it hard, some people like hard. So in that 2016 election, you got people praying for confusion to cloud Hillary Clinton's mind. And then in another direction, you get ceremonial magicians circulating a spell to bind Donald Trump and all those who were bare <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's like, you know, you, this this is it's kind of, it's kind of like casting curses. You know what I'm saying? And you're doing it on a like a you're using Twitter as your as your magical focusing wand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, and just... it, it is weird. It is weird too to think, and and I I think let's say let's say in terms of control, and I guess I guess look like when you boil down magic in terms of whatever it may be, like I always say, back to the control factors, and that's why I talk about the, the way I do with troubled minds is because I'm I try to be very aware of things that try and control me, right? Specifically me, because right we're responsible for ourselves first, and then if if we can master ourselves we can help the world around us in a much more efficient and humane way because we've sort of mastered those control mechanisms that are always trying to get in. You know what I mean? We've sort of made that, what, that rainbow body, you know, so just to use a term, uh, to kind of yep. block out the negative energy, right? And so that's the thing. So so that's why I do it like, like again, you know, it's, it's some people don't like that I talk about, you know, politics in the periphery. They don't like that I talk about the surveillance state or whatever, but it's okay. Like, again, nothing's perfect and no conversation is perfect and nobody is perfect. But uh, if if you can sort of maybe, and I, I guess maybe, maybe the, check this out. So you think that's a form of magic then, Rohan? I'm asking you this question. So if I'm able to, and I'm saying personally, because I'm, this is still a challenge for me and probably for everybody out there, or many, many of you out there, if you can maybe harden yourself against negative energy, however that is, isn't that like a protection spell of sorts, no matter how yeah, it's achieved? Totally. When, yeah, I would say so. In, in my, in my opinion, it, I would say it was, um, I, I was thinking it as you were saying it actually. Because it's like, yeah, you know, you kind of do do magic in a lot of, in a, in a sense, and and that was a really, uh, I thought that was quite poignant the way you've described it there with the keeping careful your words and keeping yourself protected. And I think most people listening to this show have probably gone down rabbit holes, and like you've mentioned earlier, you kind of needed somebody to talk to about this stuff and where do you go with it? Because you're coming up against walls or a truth embargo, as a uh, Stephen Bassett of Exopolitics. Uh, coined it you know and we are we're hitting a wall against that but i'd say i love the i love the way that you've you've made that point because you know we've got to be we've got to be sensible with this stuff and and it's hard work you know and we do kind of need an outlet with it so that's why it's, i think that's why it's especially frustrating when people just kind of mess around with it and you're like oh come on it's, it's bad enough as it is <laughs> you know yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's, it's, there's a, there's too much negativity. Like I said, well, we, we could jump into that pool and just be as negative and like just, just narcissistic and just awful as everybody else is. Uh, think about it. Like everybody has an ego and everybody thinks their ego is correct. Like that, that's, that's, that's problematic. <laughs> that's a problem. How can everybody be right? That's, you know what I mean? So I get like the, 
earnest search for truth. Okay. But it's so able to be manipulated in so many ways that it's, um, it's unfortunate. So, so yeah, so words as spells, uh, what else we got? Anything else on that or what else, what else did you have next? So I want to ask you too, uh, about like, we talked about this a while back and I'm sure you got this up your sleeve for tonight, uh, is, uh, so where did the magic people go? That was the question I had on my mind. And you talked about like maybe the rare ones, like the Merlins or the Buddhas. I'm not going to steal your thunder on that, but, but maybe they're still out there. Right. And that's sort of the thing. And, and I guess you can even say uh, we're both fans of Wim Hof. Right. And sort of that that breathing exercise that allows him to really kind of transcend what a normal human becomes. We can get to that in a sec. But but uh, so just to prep you for that next thing, what's on my mind, this is your show, too. Uh, what do you think about the words as power? Uh, and and then we'll, we'll transition into that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, words as power, words, are, um, they're, they're transmitting ideas, aren't they? Right, you know, concepts to people, and I think a lot of the time, like you say, some terms are loaded, aren't they? And they get people sort of riled up. And I think that that bit, when it comes to this topic, is particularly like toxic. It, as in, there's a lot of like loaded words around this, and and I think it, these these some of these concepts just upset people didn't they in fact they used to used to be heretical didn't it he's a brilliant you know gotta watch out for the inquisition do you know what i'm saying but but at the same time say we're drinking the maybe juice as mckenna used to say if you always have your compass set to weird that's where you're going to find the fun stuff you know what i'm saying or the other example is if you do if you do your measurements on the graph and you measure you know, the voltage of a three and a half volt battery you do your best line fit don't you but if, if, if reading 72 is 10,000 volts, man, that's the only interesting reading, right? It's supposed to be a three and a half volt battery. What's it doing doing 10,000 volts? The rest of it's boring. And I think that's that's where we have to just go with it, just to see where it takes us. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, there was there's a quote that I don't, nobody seems to know where it comes from on this one. Uh, but people put it to Timothy Lira. You know, he said, never said it. But there's this thing of like, the quote is, LSD had the amazing propensity to cause psychosis in people that haven't taken it, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Because I'm it was you. just the idea that it was out there <laughs> it was just driving people crazy and what they thought it would mean. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just think, you know, like I say, we can... We can get off track with this stuff. But at the same time, this is what the funny thing is. That's why I mentioned people of religious orders essentially trying to curse Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, right? So, But they're supposed to be against magic and paganism, aren't they? It flies in the face of their religion, right? So you got that again. And, but in, in society, in, in, in popularity, in pop culture, a, a 2005 Gallup poll shows 75% of Americans believe in one form of paranormal or another. But guess how many scientists are actively studying that kind of research? 0.001%. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, which, it's, which like it's all backwards. Yeah, it, it, well, yeah. It, and, I, and I think the thing is, too, it's it's all... It's it's key with the definitions and interesting. So to, to to kind of round out that idea of words as power, the definitions and the way you fr the way you frame something is incredibly important in the scientific world. 
So, so for instance, if yep. you were actually studying, let's say, some sort of paranormal phenomenon, well, if you say that directly, they're going to be like, nah, c- come on, get out of here, right? Like, no, uh, this has been done. This is not real. But if you frame it some other way and don't mention that stuff, except in the periphery, sort of like, let's see if there's some anomalous situations happening with brain waves. You know what I mean? Once you say that, unexplainable things that seems like you're researching paranormal activity right and right that maybe telekinesis or uh telepathy things like this but right that's that's been done rohan that's uh that's that's mk ultra that's right that it's no no we're not doing that but i mean there are ethical ways to like do that you get you, you know you get volunteers you be honest with what you're doing you know you you don't like electroshock people i mean there are ways to look into this stuff and but yeah, nobody's going to pay that. No, no grant's going to be like, oh yeah, you're going to, you want to study ghosts? Here's a bunch of money. Get it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly right. You've hit on something. Do you want to slouch, Mike? Because that, that comes up, you know, to have laid this out in case it needs to be really simple. But that, that does come up. That's exactly how it's slipping through the cracks. You know, and that's exactly how that this point I'm making where like you've got this kind of schizophrenic attitude with scientists where if they haven't experienced, they'll say it because it shocked them and then they'll backtrack and then you'll have the religious people that will be using magic but don't want to sort of even perhaps they don't even know they're doing it right because they don't even know their own rituals you know and then that's how we can have like you say zero what was it zero point zero zero one percent of scientists studying this stuff and yet there's thousands of scholarly books and articles covering magic all possible angles yeah if you google magic with a CK spelling, yeah, you'll get 30 million hits, yeah. There's hundreds of grimoires, spell books, yeah. Many even modern magicians, there's thousands of articles and books on theatrical magic, sleight of hand, conjuring, loads of stuff, everything. Fairy tales, your allegories, all your sci-fi movies, your mythologies. They're the best-selling books, all the fantasy magic stuff. Alchemist, 320 million copies. The Little Prince, 140 million. Alice in Wonderland, 100 million. Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, 500 million plus. The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, between them two, 250 million, right? Some Harry Potter books are challenging religious print runs, and yet they're the most banned books of all. Do you know what I'm saying? I think people are afraid of it, afraid of talking about it, and like you say, but the clever scholars were going to, like you say, Call it something else. And, I, and this is why I tie this into psi, because I think psi power and psi studies and psycho psych, like I say, we can get away with it by calling it psychology and neuroscience and consciousness studies. So the language changes again. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it keeps coming back and rearing its head, Mike, and then getting kind of like disappearing and then coming back and kind of disappearing. And here, here we are trying to figure out, uh, I don't know, how to block out the sun. <laughs> We're like, wait, 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 stop. Let's let's fund how to block yeah. out the sun because this is just not good, guys. We're just headed down the wrong path here. Yeah, it's it, 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 backwards and upside down and just completely stupid. I don't know. And I think maybe, like you said, if more people are interested in this type of stuff, uh, then scientifically it's uh, – the powers in the communication, the powers and how they frame it, the powers back to that idea of 
you frame it just right, maybe you get funding for this stuff. Maybe maybe they come up with some amazing things. Like I said, once once the the theory of everything, whatever that happens to be, kind of comes together in terms of the micro and the macro and the, the quantum world type stuff. Uh, maybe it's all magic, man. Maybe this is all freaking magic, every bit of this, you know? And so that's, that's where I start to go. Okay. Hmm. Once, once there's still so much we don't know about a lot of that other than right. We're, it, it's spooky and it creeps us out and the uncertainty. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot there that, uh, that makes me wonder what's really happening in the world around us. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, what else we got? What else you got on your docket? We don't have to go straight to the, the Buddhas and the whatnot and the Wim Hofs, but what else you got on your docket there? Well, on here, yeah. Well, it was the, well, then, then, so now we've got to this bit. Yeah. And you, you make a good point there. Maybe it all is magic. Right. And it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. We'll do some, we'll do some of the science and the stats in a minute. But I just want to take a moment to consider what, where the fear is coming from. Right, because it's, it's irrational. It's not. It's not regular. There's something not right about this. Yeah, and I think, and and we still <laughs> do. We still get. I, I know you know this anyway, but we still we still have um, witch trials. We still have people getting accused of being witches. You know, and it, to to qualify that because it's you know it's a bold statement. Uh, Tanzania Human Rights uh, Report shows 630 people killed due to witchcraft accusations in 2012, and then this rises from that 630 to 765 a year later. Do you know what I mean? Mostly women, mostly old women. Right. Same again, 2014, so only a year after that, it's doubled, over a 1,000 women. So obviously there's been some period around there where Tanzania's freaking out about, you know, witchcraft and it's getting into the New York Times and talking about it. The United Nations reporting twenty five to fifty thousand people have been abandoned in Dominican Republic and of Congo because the family have accused them of demonic possession or witchcraft. So <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a sad thing. Don't want to have to cover this, but you kinda of have to because we've got to look at the history. That's up to 50,000 kids being accused of... Are they really... Is witchcraft really happening in Africa? Is it that prominent? Or is it people freaking about stuff or what? And it's... it's witch, what was a witch? And that's the thing. This is the bit I want to drive in because witch... Witch is where magic gets all its smearing. And there's a reason. There's a hardcore reason. And it leads to a lot of other stuff. And unfortunately, it's, it's come straight from the heart of the Catholic Church. And I can qualify that because the records for it are in the Catholic Church's records. Do you know what I'm saying? So it gets a bit funky. So I just want to take, I want to take uh, five minutes on a just added totting up the history up until the sort of 19th century. That's all right with you, Mike. Yeah, d definitely do it. I'm going to step away and put you on speakers because I'm going to fill my coffee up, but I will hear every word. I'll be right back. Uh, floor is yours. I'm listening. Catch you in a sec. Get it. Go for it. Catch a break. Right, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, witches. So this is what's, this is what's happened, right? So c civilization kind of, actually kind of comes from magic. So psychologists propose that from prehistoric times in situations of uncertainty, you know, the discovery of psychedelic compounds is providing glimpses of other realities, okay? So those adept to entering those realms 
And as language starts to develop, and these psychonauts will be the first magicians and shamans, and they'll be collecting data, and, and they'll be coming, whatever they s sort of report back, will become the cosmologies and origin stories. Right? So that's going to happen from the start. As the, as the mysticism is elaborated with the religions, and then other origin stories are coming through, you get these acceptable rules of behavior and correct ways to appease the authorities. So the early consumers of these ethogens and shamans, they'll be engaging in these magical practices uh, as a need to survive, not just like to be cool. It will just become integral, right? So they're going to hone techniques through that. And as hunter-gatherers sort of engage in, you know, uh, if they fail to locate the prey, it's essential that they've got to be able to communicate back to the village, you know, so they can send someone else to get food. And so you get these ecstatic traits of animism where you can acquire the extra abilities. And that's the thing I've talked about in doing a mysticism with Southeast Asian martial arts, where you can embody the animal and borrow some of its attributes to use for your, your martial arts. And same as the trackers, the hunter-gatherers of today, that you're still, the ones that are still left, use animism to, you know, like remote view the animal, but they embody it. They like kind of bilocate with it. Do you know what I'm saying? And then and they're somehow, it's been shown, you know, in modern times, that they're somehow able to communicate back to the village if they don't catch the meat. Do you know what I'm saying? So right from the beginning, there's been a kind of imperative for sort of sort of magical practices. And then uh, uh, Carl Jasper labeled the, uh, the 18 to 200 BCE as the axial age referring to uh, the swing from matters of survival to more abstract ideas, okay? And that's when we start getting the philosophical stuff. So you've got Taoism, Confucianism appearing in China, got Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism in India. And then you've got, um, you know, the Hebrew prophets, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, and emerging in Palestine. You've got Zoroastra in Persia. And then you got the Greek philosophers, like Pythagoras, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, beginning something new and questioning the origins of the universe and pondering the meaning of morality and the fate of the species. And so you've got these, you've gone from these, you've gone from just worrying about the tiger eating you to starting to find out about these other realms to give you clues about like the future and other stuff going on. So then that starts to develop. And what I'm saying is we're honing techniques over thousands of years. And then when the mystery schools come along, the Eleusian mysteries in like 1500 BCE to uh, 392 CE, you've all of that stuff that the ancient Greek philosophers came up with, as we've talked about many times, that's what we've based all Western civilization on. Okay, but their, their main focus was basically drinking psychedelic brews prepared by witches, okay? And what's happened is, the reason the Catholic Church involves, because how, how do you get people to take on another religion when religions have been going since the dawn of man, right? And everybody's taking a psychedelic sacrament, which is going to give them a direct experience. So how do you challenge that? How do you get people to join your religion when, when everybody else is doing that? And the way they've done it is that they've cornered the market and they've gone and done the Inquisition and they've gone and learned the recipes 
And so the Christian Eucharist, the Catholic Eucharist, the body of Christ, that's supposed to be a fortified wine, okay? That's supposed to be psychedelic, okay? And so what happened was they got the recipes and then start stamping everybody else out, which I would su suspect that leads to the battle of the sexes. And it, um, because you've got to then smear other cultures that have got their own sacraments, so you can corner the market, you've got to, you've got to smear other cultures. So I would say that helps towards racism. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is then the beginnings of the war on drugs. And then it, and then it becomes, you know, heretical to be doing these practices. So we lose our connection to quote-unquote God. We lose our gnosis. We lose our ability to get into those states easily to do the magical stuff. So that is our fall from heaven. And it took centuries for us to then rediscover the ancient Greek stuff to then tentatively start studying it, to then start turning it into chemistry, to then tentatively, and like you say, these days, we can really, if we're really careful, we might be able to slip a study here and there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's, that's where we'll come to today. Yeah, totally. Well said, all that. Uh, and, and I think uh, interesting with like the, that scientific study, somebody said in the chat a ways up, you know, well, you know, they're, they're doing things like studying Skinwalker Ranch, but I'm not even sure how right scientific that is. It seems a little bit more. Uh, and again, this is going to be polarizing. People are going to be super mad or like agree with me or whatever, but I don't care. Like there is it, is it science or is it not? I mean, they say it's one of the most haunted. In like we've talked about the Winchester Mystery House, right? We've talked about there's so many places that are supposedly haunted. What about the uh, uh, Gettysburg where the battlefield happened, right? I mean, there's so many battlefields the world over they say are haunted, but why are they not doing actual scientific things in these supposedly ultra-haunted places, right? It's a, Again, it, this whole thing sort of cycles back to what you're describing there. You said, so how do you get somebody to sort of uh, issue the old religion for whatever the new is? Well, the old way is clubs and firing squads, my friend. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. <laughs> but, there you go. But, exactly. Right. But uh, it's changed. It's changed. And that's still happening in places in the world for sure. But clubs and firing squads is uh, l less in vogue in the, quote, West. And more in vogue is, again, let's say the, the digital magic, which is happening, the, the news cycles, this mass media brainwash. That for sure is, you can be argued, is some sort of actual magic. But yeah, I mean, so there would be your old religion to your new religion of this technocratic whatever's, whatever's coming. And yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, funnily enough, you'd say that with the magic of uh, like the media and stuff, because you just happened to scroll onto a page with uh, Anton Mesmer right in front of my screen. So it's like, oh, yeah, why are you all saying that? I'm reading about mesmerism. And that's what it is. It's a modern form of uh, mesmerizing, isn't it? In a way, all the clickbait stuff, you know, and all the attention-grabbing light. Yeah, hey, uh, exactly, the shiny object, right? Look over here, look over here. Uh, don't Just don't man the... I always mess it up. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. Don't, don't mind that guy. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, James has that's that. Says, uh, real quick, James says, that's ironic, Mike, because paranormal investigators would say they are doing scientific investigations of, of those sites, but obviously not everyone would agree. And and that's, I guess that's true. Is that science? Uh, as usual, right? Definitions, words matter, intentions matter, all the rest of that stuff. And so the definition of science becomes, well, uh, is it only science if a scientist does it? That seems like a religion Good to point. me, my friend. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I suppose it's a bit like uh, what's because I mean, the economy is up in, in, in arms at the minute. What's the value of that note in your pocket today? Do you know what I'm saying? It's is it starting to look more arbitrary? Do you know what it kind of is? Is we know that, but when it's you know when you when your inflation's going all crazy, it's like hang on a minute, that was worth this then. What's it? What's what is the thing really? You know what is in things inherently got. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it starts to switch your perspective on what things are, and I think it comes down to that's what it's almost like. What meaning do we put in things? What belief have we got in it? That's that's what it is, and I think this is the crux of it. That all this is driven by belief. You know, with so with everything in life that we do, belief really counts for a, a heck of a lot because then that gets your attention and intention, doesn't it? And if your attention and intention is on a belief, that's it's, it's almost everything you've got being pushed into it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, as usual, right, uh, things are complicated. I don't think it's as easy as yes or no answers because I, I, I think that's where they want us. They want us to be yes or no on on the, the transcript, right? They they want to they want to be able to define us for that identity politic, so they can hurt us into the easiest way to manipulate us right back to that and if that isn't magic i don't know what is man and that's why like i said when we started out tonight i said i further and further dislike labels of any sort because that's exactly it's like they're telling you well you're one of these right well i mean maybe sometimes but what does that even mean like your definition of what that term is may not match the definition of this those same words and what they mean to me so it's it's again Language, control, spells, like we're saying, I, I think it all tracks, man. I think it all tracks. Yeah, and I think the thing with this as well, the thing to, like, and to sort of zoom zoom back a little bit, the th right, so, like I say, there's that thing labeled, so I like to, as I mentioned earlier, I like to separate what, what I'm calling real magic here. I like to also call it, like, you know, psych powers for the science thing, so I call it that. And I think what it is, if you consider this, if, if psi powers are for real, and we know that the remote viewing thing happens, then I would argue that there's obviously governments are going to probably study that for espionage reasons, at least the remote viewing, and they're going to want to see if other stuff happens for defense reasons, right? And, but, but, on, but at the same time, if this stuff really works, and you can do a lot of this stuff, then then wouldn't it actually be a bad idea if everybody knew about it, right? Because if everybody knew about it, and we know that, you know, there's certain people are going to be like anything else on a bell curve, and some people will be really good, then what if you get a bunch of people, like you say, where are they? Right, well, what if that happens then? What if we kind of get a wish and everybody finds out about it? We put this show out, it goes viral, people start locking it up, everyone learns magic. And then next time you're annoyed and pissed off waiting at a queue, or you don't get the delivery from Amazon and you're pissed off, times that by eight and a half billion people. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it could, it could, yeah, it could yeah. instantly end the world. Well, you know, you know what would happen? So it would be, and I've never seen Harry Potter, but Hogwarts University would be the world over and everybody would be, right? It would, like the, the joke is about yeah. America, you know, all the guns, there's like a gunfight. It's like the OK Corral on every corner, which is not true, obviously, because, you know, we're 
we're safe right here. There's no gunfight out outside my house. I digress there. But point being, it would be uh, like a battle of Harry Potter wands over, I don't yeah. know, like, like your, uh, your Black Friday specials. <laughs> you know I mean? People be like, oh, yeah, no, like, you don't. <laughs> tripping people into exactly. the store. <laughs> what if that's you've what, got, what what if you got a bunch of Stranger Things kids <laughs> out there that suddenly, like, you know what I mean, see a bright light for the first time. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So, yep. so there's this funny notion that, ironically, that... <laughs> magician peter carroll agrees with this that, that this it's for that reason that occultists will uh uh, uh poo poo and discredit their own art right so it's not just coming the people are, i just want to give science it's fair dues because some people have gone through like dean raiding their etiquette to and other people have done these studies that where they can and where other people are saying it can't happen because they just don't realize that it doesn't break things, right? But, but the occultists are doing it as well as a kind of time-honored tradition to kind of keep it on the down low so that if you are going to learn it, you kind of had to go, you've had to work for it. You know what I'm saying? To make sure that he's serious. It's like a filter, natural filter system. And I think that that's why Joe, Joe Rube used to say that that Alistair Crowley stuff is Reddit and that people label you with it. But it's like, it's, no, it's written in a harsh way so that it puts you off. So that you don't learn the principles unless you're serious. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you want to filter it, don't you? You want to make sure the serious people with power comes responsibility. You want to make sure that if, you know, because what happens if some Muppet who happens to be good at this stuff decides to do, do you know what I'm saying? I think it's like a natural filtering system. And I think that's where, that's where we get to the Theosophical Society and Blavatsky and people like Rudolf Steiner and, that that stuff is where it's at, I would say, with the, in terms of learning how this stuff works. But but the, it's very complicated. You know, and I don't think they're necessarily hiding it, but it's just really complicated. She channeled, I think, 150 books, you know. Channeled 150 books, and one of them was in Tibetan, and turned out someone figured out in 1980 it was a perfect translation of some tanga they've got. Do you know what I'm saying? And do you know what I'm saying? Bravatsky, I didn't realize Bravatsky used to make things levitate blatant. Do you know what I'm saying? Like get a cup of tea float across the room and stuff. So, so uh, there's, it was party there's, trick. My, there's my glowing and floating. Tricks. It's happening? Yeah, parlor you're glowing tricks. and floating. But she was saying it's just parlor tricks. Literally. She, honestly, you know, I didn't realize because I had her, again, my labels, I had her tied up with Crowlet and just, you know, occultist probably saying this, you know that thing until you start looking into it and and then it's like no she was a learned woman wealthy aristocrat she had, she had the a bit she was almost like the the um who was the wing chun guy that uh it man she was like the it man of, of, <laughs> we, we of metaphysics it man last night with my brother <laughs> is, is it she was yeah. she was the it man because you know yeah. it man's story is that his family was quite wealthy did well in business so we could just try, train Kung Fu all day. And then she was in that position. She could just travel around India and sit with gurus and stuff and meet people in Tibet and learn the special stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? And then she's getting all this channeled material. That channeling I didn't really rate, but 
it's theatre. Channeling's been going since forever. That's where the 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 what Aldous Huxley calls the perennial philosopher, the wisdom teachings of the ages, uh, the many people call the secret wisdom teachings. That's what that is. That stuff's come been with us from the beginning, and it's it's all of that thing where it gets crazy. But it's like it's, at some point, some human beings have evolved and become like super beings. But because time don't really count, once you can do that, they've come back to the beginning and taught us from the start, if that makes sense. It's like some people have gone ahead of us in our spiritual evolution, then gone back and taught us from the future, if that makes sense. And that's what these people are getting. And that's why the Theosophical Society and, and will have like little rules and say, well, you know, you've got to be a vegetarian. Not strict ones, but they'll say like, if you do the occult side of things, you must understand that you're going to get extra karma in both directions. So a lot of them won't do the occult stuff and just do the like kind of spiritual stuff. And it really, really gets deep. It really gets deep, Mike. You know? Yeah, like I said, hey, it's 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 a complicated place, this universe, and uh, it's hard enough being human without uh, having a weird experience and trying to figure out what the hell that even means. Again, you know, look, I, I'm open to like the trick of the consciousness. I'm open to, you know, our mind playing tricks on ourselves for maybe even a particular reason. I mean, who knows? And that's that's the sort of thing that really is difficult to quantify is that that subconscious part of us that's really sort of a mystery it's an enigma even to ourselves so this is this is uh this is fantastic stuff this is why we do this guys because uh it, it is complicated you can't just say and I, you know we got the poll thank you for all the votes in the poll there's a poll over on youtube if you guys didn't see it is magic real yes no we're not sure we got uh 48 votes up there keep on voting and uh it's overwhelming yes right now but that's the point okay so i think uh, there's nuance and not just yes no i'm not sure but you see how these just that question and those those answers are polarizing. However, the conversation about what magic is is not is not. It's it's it, 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 it's super encompassing. So many ways to look at this in terms of just words or intentions or who knows. And again, like uh, we haven't even really talked about electromagnetic fields and manipulating those things. Or yeah, I mean, there's 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 a ton to this, and that's why that's why we do it as we do it. Uh, what else you got, my friend? Uh, you okay? You, you feel like taking a break? What yeah, do you want to do? It's uh, it's our thing. We can uh, we can call a break if we want to do that or not. It's all good. Uh, you're uh, uh, you're you're. I'm you're gonna be running anyway. About an hour and a half, something like that. Uh, I'm running. I got about so an hour let's and a half. say we we fiddled around for about ten ten minutes. So we're about an hour in. About an hour. Oh, that's all right then. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep going then. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I've got. Uh, I've got. No. I'll, let's take a quick break. I'll make a coffee because I've got a brilliant story by Dean Radin where he had a synchronicity that's in four parts, which just it's really mind blowing. I, I just it's really it's a really great story. So do you want to have a quick a quick couple of minute break, Mark? I'll make I'll make a drink and we'll come out with that story. Sure. Let's do it. Two minutes. Two minute break. Rohan's gonna grab some coffee. I'm going to go kiss Mrs. Strange. She just walked in the door, and we're going to be right back with more. We're talking about magic. We're talking about is it real, and how nuanced is this, and how deep does that rabbit hole go? Don't go anywhere. Two-minute break, more troubled minds, and exiled minds on the way. Be right back.
Okay. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. We're here with my good friend, the mighty Rohan of Exiled Minds Podcast, and we're talking about magic tonight and the different ways you can actually look at magic. That's the interesting thing here. Like I said, the poll on the YouTube, please take the poll. It's up there on YouTube right now. We're only streaming on YouTube because uh, we're trying to actually get uh, people to, to go follow Rohan's YouTube channel, which we had a, a technical issue. We were supposed to be streaming on that as well tonight, and it was just one problem after another. So here we are doing this instead. So let's take a moment and please if you guys have not yet please give uh, rohan the famous liam martin of the exiled minds podcast please give him a follow uh link should be in the description i'm going to pull it up right now and, and share it as well because uh, this, that's what this was all about it was uh, more about you know as always this is about the conversation it's about the ideas it's about us getting together and considering possibilities but uh, super important here uh, to me is uh, he, Rohan's been a really great friend of mine, and he's been uh, trying to get back into his podcast game here a little bit. So uh, let's let's give him some inspiration, give him a follow. I'm going to put the link in the description here, and please, please, please give Rohan a follow over on YouTube. You guys are already on YouTube, so if you have not followed Rohan, I don't know what you're doing, dropping it into the description right here. So please, please, please give him a follow. It only takes a second. Just go over there, hit the follow button. And uh, you can see a lot of the great content that he's been doing and he's going to be doing, which you'll see coming up right now. Are you, are you there, my friend? Welcome back. Certainly I'm Mike. Thanks. So that's really great. I love that. You're such a pro. Hey, practice. You know, you know how you get to Carnegie Hall, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, certainly do. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Thank you. That's nice. Uh, but uh, so, OK, so uh, you, you had a story. Let's let's get to your story. Yeah, that was a yeah. So I really appreciate that, that that Martin. That was that was nice of you. So yeah, yeah. This uh, this story, it, it was just a really strange synchronicity. I mean, we've, I think we can all relate to synchronicities, can't we? But this is a, a freaky one. When you consider this is a guy, so Dean Reed, PhD, year two thousand, he's trying to he's looking for an office to set up uh, a research to start studying site phenomena, right? So it's during the dot com boom in the year two thousand. So rent prices in Silicon Valley, pretty high. So he's having to shop around for an office he can afford. He wants to set up an institute called the Boundary Institute, okay? Because it's like you're going to study the boundaries between mind and matter, okay? So he's it's, it's got his bit of a short list, and they're all too expensive. So he ends up uh, uh, setting up in a Los Altos office complex, housing uh, accountants and therapists, dentists kind of thing, right? So he moves into his office, and, uh, and he notices that the neighboring office is called SciQuest Incorporated, right? And he thought, well, that's funny, because we're kind of doing a bit of a side quest ourselves. Uh, but he assumed it must mean, like, you know, personnel, something. Do you know what I mean? But then a month later, after moving into the office, he took a different route, went past the office again, and noticed it said SciQuest Research Labs. Ah, oh, okay. Just that was interesting because right? he was like, say, if it was a personnel firm. So he checks through the window, keeps checking every day. He's never there. So a couple of weeks, right? He sees someone in this office. So out of curiosity, he just tries the door and it's unlocked. He goes in, and there's a man behind the desk. Looks at him, goes white, like he's seen a ghost. So Dean Raiden goes to shake his hand and introduce himself as his neighbour. And just as he's about to say his name, the guy goes, uh, uh, Dean Raiden? And he's like standing there a bit awkward, wondering, 
Oh knows her, and he's like, yeah, and he's, and he's, so he's like, uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, I've moved in next door, I was wondering what you do here, right, and the guy's looking at him dumbfounded, and the guy says, I'm doing what you do, so Raiden's like, w what is it do you think I'd do, and he says, investigations into psi phenomenon, right, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like, why the hell do you know that I'm doing as you know my name? Turns out this guy, right, who runs SideQuest called John K, actually knew about Dean Raiden's work. And this is in the year 2000. There's hardly any people studying this stuff. Nobody knew where Dean Raiden was. But this guy knew about his work, wanted to work with him and get him to join his group. So he'd been taking part in a Tibetan dream yoga technique where you do alternating sleep, waking every three hours for 24 hours, and then try and manifest what you want. And he's been, he's been taking part in this dreaming exercise to try and manifest Dean Raiden to come and work with him. So for this guy's perspective, he's just done manifested Dean Raiden. And Dean <laughs> Raiden's like, how the hell, right? It gets worse because then he, Dean Raiden for that two weeks has been sat in his office, you know, as you do, trying to design your equipment and design where things are going to go. And he draws a chair. And it's got this like shielded, you know, booth and this that, and the other. This guy takes him for a tour around his lab. It's got all the stuff that he drew. And where he was drawing it, it was six foot across the wall. Do you know what I mean? It's like he drew his perfect lab. And it was in the office next door the whole time. This is crazy. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so the question is, right? Uh, did that happen, or was that just a an epic coincidence? <laughs> yeah, an epic coincidence. But imagine the poor guy. Imagine John Kay. He's been he, he's been sleep deprived, and he's been waking up for three hours, then going to bed, waking up, going to bed, waking up, going. So he probably didn't know if he was dreaming or awake. You know what I'm saying? So what? What the hell? That's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, some some people in the, in the chat say they've heard this story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, uh, this this is why we talk about this stuff. Again, you know, we've talked about ritual magic and whatnot. And what's up? Shout out to Shadows of the Moon. My favorite saying for people that have said crap about magic being bad is, "Have you ever blown out a birthday candle?" Well, then you have done candle magic. And there you go. Right? Maybe maybe for another another auspicious year. Right? Uh, I don't know. I and is that. Maybe, maybe, may, maybe indeed. Uh, fantastic story there, uh, Rohan. So, so I, as always, right? Uh, you guys know me. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you to think this or to think that. We're just kind of kicking ideas around and considering possibilities here. So you decide for yourself. Don't forget to take the YouTube poll. Is magic real? Yes, no, or I'm not sure. It's more nuanced than that, obviously, because we're talking about it for quite some time now and uh, quite some time more here. So, so um, what do you guys think? Uh, you tell me in the chat reading the stuff, take the poll, and we're here with uh, the mighty Rohan, the famous Liam Martin, the Exiled Minds podcast, and please give him a follow. Link is in the chat right now. Like I said, it only takes you a second. Please, please, please. I would appreciate it very much. And um, let's, let's keep going. What else you got, my friend? All right. Let's do all the fun stuff now. We're going to do right. some statistics. Ooh, yeah. Right. Let's do it. Let's Can't do wait. It. I'm, I'm all ready. Right, I'm so ready. we're going to look at... <laughs> Let's do, let's do some science, Mike. I'm in. I'm in. Right. We've, got, got? Some, we've got these. Uh, yeah, all right, then. These are uh, in statistics. Okay. So we're going to look at these things called, uh, called uh, Sigma 6. 
experiments. Okay, these are quality control mechanisms in statistics, right? That have got um, they've got basically odds against chance of a billion to one, right? So these are because with with the expert, there's been tons of thousands and thousands of site type experiments of various types, but they've usually got a very small kind of impact, right? Because of that thing of like you know you've got a lot to work against. Do you know what I mean? But statistically, they're significant, and when you stack them up, they get really big. So, so we'll just go through. So, these are sigma six experiments. We'll define, measure, analyze, and uh, improve on the controls. So, this class of experiments been refined. It's the type where you know, as you're doing these experiments over the years, and then critics will look for holes because what you're supposed to do in science look for holes in in the the methodology. And so you can then try and make it, you know, a bit more flawless the next time. So these are ones that have, that are the best, like most foolproof. So they've been developed over time. So they're like they've got bulletproof uh, test designs. So each class of a uh, sigma six experiment is repeated dozens or hundreds of times in labs across the world to get that cumulative data from thousands of participants. So it's a way of like getting loads and loads of data. Because usually, otherwise, it's, it's 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 a tall order to you know get the medium to come to the lab and be psychic on demand to a large degree exactly when needed. Do you know, it's, do you know what I'm saying? It's asking a lot. So this way, you can study, do loads and loads of testing, and uh, stack up the stats. So they, um, they use the, that, that classic um, uh, Gansfeld site for the for the telepathy with the cards. And isolating people. Obviously, we've heard of remote viewing. You've got the pre pre sentiment techniques for measuring unconscious psychological reactions, and that implicit pre conscious test for measuring um, future influences and present time behavior. Okay, so we've got got all this stuff that that's been hit on the sigma six levels. All right, so we'll uh, just have a, a quick look at some of these. Sure. So right then, it's uh, mostly with uh, random number generators. <laughs> okay. I can, oh, can you just ramble breath. for a moment while I just roll this? Just yeah, yeah. You got it, buddy. You got it, buddy. Uh, we're, we're talking about magic tonight, guys. We're talking about the possibility of magic being real. We're here tonight with um, the mighty Rohan of the Exiled Minds podcast, the famous Liam Martin. And as always, right, what do you think? Uh, looking at the uh, the actual uh, chat there and uh, considering what's going on, uh, do you think that, uh, and I think it's nuanced, right? Like, as usual, like there's a poll, like I said, yes, no, maybe, is magic real, all right? And I think, that, as always, I think that the questions are far more fascinating than the answers because one question can generate 10,000 different answers and 10,000 different people, right? So it, it, it is kind of a beautiful thing in terms of, you know, you ask the right question and sort of knowledge becomes apparent because people will give it to you, right? They will just give it to you, right? If you ask an appropriate, let's say, non-threatening type question. And that's what this is. That's what Troubled Minds has always tried to be, just kind of get together and kick, kick the soccer ball, the cosmic soccer ball around and do the thing, right? But, but what does it mean? I don't know. Uh, in terms of uh, answers, like I said, I think, I think once, you, once you pin down answers on people, it becomes uh, uneasy. Uh, it's like, it's like a, you know, people that are denominational in any capacity, and you, you try and press on them that God isn't real. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it is or he or she or whatever is or isn't, whatever the source or whatever. 
whatever you want to call it. But I'm saying that you see kind of when you base things in sort of a presupposition of this must be true, therefore, uh, you're basically slicing off an entire half of the universe, you know? So I don't like to do that. I like to include the entire universe and the multiverse and the metaverse, which I haven't tried yet, but it probably sucks. And uh, there you go. So anyway, we're just doing it. We're hanging out with the mighty Rohan tonight, and uh, we are not taking calls. Uh, we didn't talk about whether we were going to, so uh, we'll, we'll get that sorted out on air here in case uh, we, we uh, maybe got some time at the end to take a couple calls or something. But we didn't plan on that, so that's why I haven't been reading the phone number, et cetera, so on. We're just hanging out, doing the thing, and talking about magic. But what do you think? What do you think? That's the question here tonight. Is is magic real? And uh, what does it mean to you, as always, right? And I'm reading the chat. What's up? Shout out to Joe Roop in the chat. Joe Roop of Lighting the Void fame. What's up, my man? Thanks for popping in and saying hi. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I don't know. And that's that's why we do this. Like I said, that's why we do this, because you never know. You never know what kind of answers you're going to get if you ask the right questions. And that's that. That's that. Uh, how's your role, my friend? Yeah, well, uh, well... The thing with this, uh, the role, if I say role, because uh, I want to talk about the role of belief in all of this, because like, like I mentioned earlier, it's, that's, that seems to be a key, key. And I think um, that's the reason I was sort of pointing to earlier. I think the, the reason that obviously science has had to use certain models and so it's, then it, it can't measure everything. You know, with reductionism, it can't grab everything, so it's going to miss some stuff. And, you know, we've talked about this, why obviously it's, scientists have got careers to think about but i think also like i say i think the reason some of the occultists are kind of dismissing their own art is for this the kind of filtering system because uh, the, the role of belief is what makes this stuff kind of run it, it didn't happen it just won't work it seems in the testing we're seeing um uh author of a toltec spiritualist is Mexico says it like this. He says, we only see what we want to see. We only hear, uh, hear what we want to hear. Our belief system is just like a mirror that only shows us what we believe. And this is the thing I think that can be exemplified famously with the, you know, conquistadors and some of the people not seeing the boats. Right. And, and I think this is an in integral, integral part of all of this. So the role of belief it's like in the in the early forties, we got um, Gertrude Schmerlinger, the City College of New York, proposed that people who don't believe in psi subconsciously avoid psi experiences because they don't want to experience them. On the flip side, people who do believe in psi do in fact see them, and I think that's I would say that in our kind of circles, we we think of it like that. We kind of say this anyway, don't we? you're kind of more likely to see it. And if you don't, you kind of like switch it off. And then we've got that scene in um, Constantine, you know, Keanu Reeves, magician. He's got that woman who's, you know, she, his sister has been sent to hell and she wants to try and see. And it turns out that, you know, they've both got the gift of sight and she'd forgotten until he kind of activates it again. And then it all comes flooding back that, you know, we kind of push these things away. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and, and as always, right? It, it's it's complicated, and uh, I like complicated. We're we're in the right spot for that. Uh, shout, shout out to Dre. Dre wants to know if she can pop on and uh, uh, join the discussion a little bit. Um, so we hadn't talked about yeah, that, Rohan. 
so so that's the thing. So I don't want to cut you short because this is your presentation. This is the Rohan show tonight. And so you had a bunch of stuff you want to cover. So I don't want to like just chop all that out and take calls like a normal trouble. No, no, show. no, go for it, man. Okay. No, go okay. for it. Because well, I can summarize a lot of stuff anyway. But yeah, yeah, go for it. Get try on. Okay, so so that's the thing. So we weren't planning on taking calls. Uh, phone lines are not up, but we do have uh, the Discord, so we can do that as well. If you guys want to pop into the Discord, you know where to find that, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link, and uh, we'll, we'll get Dre on here in a sec. Uh, go ahead, Dre. Just uh, jump in the uh, the on-air the chat. I think uh, you can do that, or the caller queue, and we'll pull you in. But uh, So that's what we're doing tonight, talking magic. So, okay, so the thing is, too, I want to get to th the idea that, like you said, like, you know, the, uh, Jesus or the Buddha or, right, like Wim Hof, not to say Wim Hof is Jesus, don't get me wrong, but like, let's say these people that have this sort of uh, superhuman ability, whatever you want to call them, the, the, the ascended masters of the past, and well, where are they today then? Uh, and again, Wim Hof is not Jesus, everybody relax, I didn't mean that, I kind of said it, but I didn't mean it. Meaning that if Wim Hof is the best we got in the modern day, because he can, you know, kind of regulate uh, being human in terms of, you know, slightly superhuman with how uh, he his breathing techniques and walking through the the ice water and all the, all the creating up and walking on it through it, uh, swimming in the ice water when it's with you know, no clothes type stuff and and it's negative thirty degrees out. You know what I mean? So he he's able to do this type of stuff, which seems superhuman, but is it? And so if there was, you know, the ascended masters of old, where are the ascended masters of new? That's what I want to know. I definitely want to get into that. Let's go. Let's go to Dre first before we uh, keep that on uh, top of your mind at Rohan. And we'll, we'll get to that. What's up, Dre? Are you out there? I'm pretty sure Dre moved. So I, I think Dre was in what state? I'm not sure what state, but uh, we'll find out where Dre moved to in just a second. Dre, you're on Troubled Minds and the Exiled Minds with... Not quite. Let's see. What do we got? We got a problem. Uh, no, no, you're good. Hop on in. We'll put you back. Here we go. One sec. We're doing the Discord dance. Dre, you're on Troubled Minds and Exiled Minds. Are you there? Nope. Nope. We may have to jump into the color queue. Are you there, Dre? Hello. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. What's up, Dre? How are you? Welcome back. You're on with uh, Mike hey. and Rohan. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What about you? Hey, Mike. Hey, Rohan. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I love this topic. I have been um, practicing magic for a, a long time now, and I love I love the whole concept of whether it's psychology or is it actually quote unquote real. That's that's been like a like a constant topic of conversation between me and my friends that actually practice this, and it's um it's amazing. I love I love this whole conversation. I appreciate it. Now, so, so what's your take? Uh, again, you know, the poll is super easy to say yes, no, or I'm not sure. Uh, is magic real, Dre? Um, I believe that personal magic is 100% real. I've experienced it in my life, and I've experienced it uh, through my friends and, and others that have been practicing this in their own lives. My what what I always wonder is what what do people think magic actually is? Do they think it's it's like some kind of telekinesis that should just be shown on a whim, or is it some kind of mind reading? Because what Hollywood has shown magic is is not what magic is. Like it it's really just a focus of energy in your own life in order to affect change. 
and personally, every time I've I've actually gone through the steps in order to, to affect change in my own life through quote unquote magical means, then yeah, I I've I've gotten that change. I mean, my my mom is still alive, and and no one can explain how she is alive. So yeah, that's that it's a hundred percent real for me. Okay, fantastic. I did see that story in the chat. That's that's uh that's amazing stuff and. Uh, you said that they're writing a paper, like a scientific paper, regarding your mother there, and can't, they can't they can't determine what basically saved her life. Yeah, they are. She um she had a super rare genetic kidney disease, and she um she was lucky enough to find a donor, and she had a kidney transplant. And about six months after the kidney transplant, the anti rejection drugs that she was on gave her this super rare cancer that basically shut down her entire uh, lymphatic system. So she was forced to stop going to, through chemo. They wouldn't allow her to take uh, the medication anymore because her body... Oops, that was unfortunate. We had a disconnect. Oh, no. Andre. It was on, the, on a roll there. I did appreciate that first uh, that first point though. Yeah, I thought that was um, that's quite poignant because that individual um, saying I, oh, I I believe in individual magic. Well, that that's that kind of brings it home because it's it is you. It is yours. It's and yeah. And I'm sort of dancing around a bit with this, but 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 yeah I, I i i i could for me it felt like that's somebody that that kind of that kind of knows because that that idea that you know lightning bolts coming out your fingertips like say it's not really it's not really like that but the miraculousness of the results are and that might be the the, the point the sentiment she was getting at and I, I can say like this is a metaphor baseball metaphor actually might is a baseball metaphor Dean Raiden came up with for this the, the random number generators when you add them together some of these experiments that have really off the charts and these sigma six if you imagine it as a baseball metaphor it's you're watching a pitcher throw a ball over and over again with a stadium full of you know tens of thousands of people and the ball is curving between a foot and two feet from the plate every time right but then one time it's a perfectly calm clear day no wind and the pitcher throws the ball and it's the equivalent of it curving 14 feet, right? And everyone's like, what? This can't, what? It can't happen. There's no way. It can't, there's no gusto wind, nothing. But statistically, that's what we're seeing. However, if, if we just accept that happened, right? It just did. Yeah, and then try and think of a way, well, how does it fit with what we know? Then one way you can make that work is to say the focused intention of that picture is creating a warping space-time in between where he's pitching from and the base plate. And that warp is causing the ball to follow the natural curve of gravity along that warp. And that's why it curves 14 feet. See what I'm saying? We can fit magic into the, into the laws of physics in that scenario if we could accept that individual human beings are capable of affecting the physical world such as warping space-time it sounds epic but that's essentially what we're doing with this you know with this force of will stuff 
Yeah, exactly. Very well could be. Like I said, uh, we talked about this uh, previously, that whole baseball bit. And it is it is physics. I mean, if you've ever actually had like a like a real curveball thrown at you, it is physics. I mean, it seems like magic or a knuckleball, right? Uh, th- this type of stuff. We talked about this the last time you brought that up. You called in and talked about this once on a show we did in the past. But but it is like these these objects that don't seem to be able to do things like a knuckleball literally goes like this. It kind of wobbles as it comes down. Right. And like you, your, your, your perception of the ball, because it doesn't have a natural spin in it's kind of defining physics in terms of, let's say perceived physics, not actual physics, the perception of how the human experience interacts with physics. And so when shit moves around and curves like that, Right uh, with a baseball and it, the seam and the spin and all the stuff, or the not spin in a, in, in a knuckleball situation, it's uh, it seems like it's outside of the physical realm. It's not. It fits. Is it magic? I don't know about that. However, right, that's definitely sort of a larger explanation of what could be happening. You take that to a cosmic level. What does a cosmic curveball look like, Rohan? <laughs> mm, exactly. But it might look like Earth. <laughs> yeah right yeah maybe yeah maybe now or, or is earth the cosmic uh knuckleball or the cosmic curveball all right we got dre back on uh you are back uh, sorry about that you you dropped off right in the middle of telling us about your mother you said that uh she had the the rare genetic disease and then are you there dre welcome back does test one two let's see got a message can't hear anything uh that was said oh uh you can't hear us you should be able to hear us Test, test, are you there, Dre? You were coming through loud and clear uh, to the stream and to Discord. We all heard you, so I'm not sure why you can't hear us. Yeah, it could be, it could be, uh, do a uh, re- re- redo, maybe update Discord. I don't know. Uh, Dre, are you there? Nope, 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 nope. Dre, are you there? Test one, two. Oh, I can hear you now. I'm okay. sorry. I, That's all right. That's I did right. not hear anything while I was talking. I felt like I was talking to dead, dead air. Nope. Uh, so we, uh, you, you dropped off. That's why. So you were literally in the middle of telling us about your mother, and you disconnected. <laughs> you, you literally disconnected mid sentence. So you, we got, we got oh, as where, far as where was I? We got as far <laughs> as a transplant and a rare genetic disorder, and then you dropped. Okay. So sorry. Okay. So yeah, she had a rare genetic disorder and then she had the transplant and then the transplant meds gave her this super rare type of cancer that basically shut down her whole body, shut down her lymphatic system, shut down everything um, and put her on hospice like she was about to die. I went home to take care of her for a month. And while I was there, I did some things, um, focused my, uh, my whole energy on getting her better and within that month she she lost 90 pounds of fluid was able to get up out of bed was able to take care of herself was able to take care of my father because i think i think her desire to take care of my dad who has dementia was really like the driving desire for her but she needed a little bit of help so what i did was kind of give her a little bit of support through what i did in order to help her realize that she needed to be here a bit longer. But her doctors, her her oncologist, her transplant doctors cannot explain how she's still alive. And they've been trying to write these papers in order to get published in medical journals 
and none of them have been accepted yet because the journals keep denying them, being like, well, if you don't have an answer, we're not going to publish this. If there's no medical answer for how she's still alive, we can't give, we can't publish this paper and send it out to other people and give them hope when there's no direct result from medicine or treatment or anything. And that's what kind of, that was, that was one of the last things that I've done that has kind of been blowing my mind because no one can explain how she's still alive. That's wild. I'm glad to hear that. That's a, it's nice to hear a good story and like the, the deluge of uh, terrible stories out there. So um, thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, so, so clearly there's something happening that we can't quantify, right? For sure. It, it is a little disgusting that, right? If it's, it's data, right? It, so could it help somebody somewhere down the line? Maybe. And so to reject data outright as like a professional scientific paper, because they, there's no, right. No, no kind of conclusion. It seems, um, tragic let's say that's that's the best way to put it tragic it is it is in the sense that i mean how how do you explain to an oncologist or a transplant doctor that you've done magic on your mother in order to keep her alive and that's what has helped her still be alive like they're not going to be able to write that in a medical journal in order for it to help other people like that's just not how it is like that that's there's no way that would happen. But in my mind, like, no one can explain how she's alive. I can, I know what I did. I know what I did to help her still be here, still be around, and still take care of my dad and still, you know, like, do what she wants to do in life. But how, how could I ever even give them that information without them just looking at me like I'm a psycho? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's, that's insane. Like, people think that, that anyone that practices any any sort of occult ritual is is crazy but i know that before i before i traveled home before i traveled about a thousand miles in order to get there she was on her deathbed and then when i got there and i did what i did suddenly she's still alive and cancer free over a year later and no one can explain it so how else does that work Got me. Usually, that would be an obvious factor that you'd have to take in, wouldn't it? It's, do you know what I mean? It's so glaringly, there's a thing there. But it's like you say, you've, 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 you've come up against that sort of dogma aspect. But, but take heart, there, there, there is people that have written about this and done studies with uh, uh, the law of correspondence, correspondence magic. And um, in fact, there's Rupert Sheldrake, who's uh, near it, not far from me, he did a study. Um, Psy sense, sixth sense, where you did a Mulder and Scully experiment where you get somebody to stare at somebody. You know that staring sensation, see if you can feel them. And then they, they extended it to what if you make an effigy of the person and give it a massage? Will the other person feel it? Because that's a testable thing. And, and then they did it to show physiologically that they're showing the same physiological response as if somebody's given them a massage. Oh yeah, the blind experiments where they have like the blind up and they're touching like a fake hand and the person has their real yeah. hand. Like, yeah, that experiment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like sympathetic magic is, I mean, it's, it's highly effective. Highly effective. If, if you can convince someone that what they're feeling is real, even though what, what's being touched is not them, 
but they have a connection to it in their mind, then yeah, that's that's a hundred percent real. I mean, it's sympathetic magic is one of the is one of the most amazing psychological tricks, if you will, or even just psychological experiments. Because if you have if you have something of someone and you know it's theirs, and and even let's go to a voodoo doll or a poppet, or even if you have a piece of hair that you wrap around a candle, if it's connected to them, if if it's literally connected to their DNA or their mind has created a connection to that object because they've seen it, because they can they can acknowledge that it's it's similar to their own, then yeah, that's that's a hundred percent well. Not a hundred percent, but it can be highly effective in in a myriad of ways in, in its effects. Yeah, yeah. Well, these uh, these trials with we call it the Mulder and Scully experiment. They tried um, they tried put what put Scully. She's the one being stared at, and she has a, a clicker. She'll click if she thinks she's being stared at. They even tried doing it at a distance. Put her in a shielded room. They even put her in a room that was so well shielded. They set off this uh, foghorn to see if you'd hear it in the shielded room. They didn't detect anything, but they managed to attract the local fire brigade. <laughs> right, is that loud? <laughs> so that they, they didn't doing. hear anything, <laughs> right? But they did, in total, we'll get this out, they, they, over the course of all of these types of studies, per, per experiment individually, it comes as in small, like 54.5%. So people, if you just look at the surface thing, just one trial. It doesn't seem much, but when you stack up all those persistent, you know, results over and over again, thirty-three thousand three hundred and fifty-seven trials doing this experiment. When you calculate the odds against chance for that kind of, you know, massage and effigy of someone and they feel it, right? The odds against chance of that happening is, get this, two hundred and two to one. I'll say that again, 202 octadecillion to 1. That's 2 times 10 to the 59th power to 1. Do you know what I'm saying? That yeah, that's amazing. And not only that, but can, can you imagine what, what those odds would be if children were taught to be receptive to those kinds of energies, to that, to that kind of influence? Can you imagine what, what those odds would be if... As children, we, we were taught to be open to outside influences. To... Yeah, okay, on that point. Are you back? Oh, she's back. Might be I'm back. sorry, am I back? You're good. Yep. Yeah, Go ahead. okay. Can you, can you imagine what, the, what those numbers would be if we were taught to, to experience those things in, a, in an open and honest manner? If we were taught to not expect that oh, what you see is real and nothing else is. Like if, if, if um, oh, what's the word? If, um, if the physical world wasn't put to such a high standard as the only thing that we should perceive as real, if energetic forces, if, if we were taught to pay attention to our intuition and our, our emotions and the, and the feelings that we get from everyday life, can you imagine how, how, how much higher those numbers would be 
precisely and also i mean take heart don't don't be too disheartened about uh because this is the topic and the, and the you know they don't want to accept it whatever they don't want to release the paper just bear in mind that even ryan gable working at a sandwich shop just showing normal science and the law to say why he didn't have to wear a mask in that particular state you know what i mean it took him weeks even, do you know what I'm saying? So that wasn't even a magical, you know, it's just normal stuff. That's what the mandate said, and do you know what I mean? So it's it's not necessarily the content, is it, sometimes? I think you're just up against people's belief systems. But these are changing. Everyone's obviously had time to reflect. The statistical science is there. I haven't got a name up right now, but the chief of the Statistical Association of America, and they had a big conference a few years ago, they talked about psi, you know, I'm going to call it magic, but they talked about psi phenomena. And they said, look, the statistics are so significant. If it was something more mundane, it would be readily accepted. It's because it's not mundane, you know. And it's, I think we're getting there, though. And like you say, with the re with, with just measuring, just the, the reductionism model can only, it's mathematically, it can only show you so much. And that's known now, so it is changing. Have you heard about um, the University of South Carolina offering in an MD? I think it's a um, it's a it's part of a history's master program that you can get a focus on magic and occult science. That just came out last week, I believe. Oh wow! Is that like a, a qualification you can get at the University yes. of South Carolina? Wow! Yes, nice. I, I live here and I saw that in the news and I I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, hold on. I live in one of the reddest states that there is with the most conservative views that, that could be around. And this is, this is an opportunity for people to, to get a degree with a focus in magic and occult science. Like, can you imagine what, that, what, what kind of world is going to open up for all of these students in colleges? Like, it's going to be amazing. Well, it happened 10 years ago for Reiki, didn't it? Is it, well, about that, let's say 10, 15 years ago, it was the same sort of deal, wasn't it? That was the same sort of surprise level back then. So sort of with yeah. Reiki, now that's standard, you know. Even yeah. with meditation, uh, 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 mindfulness meditation is just normal now. Yoga, you get a yoga class anywhere these days, but try that 30 years ago. Yeah. I, I had one of the most amazing healing experiences in one of my first yoga classes because one of the positions that, that I was in, I went to a, a, a mellow yoga class. And we were doing a lot of floor work, a lot of stretching, a lot of opening of the pelvis. And something clicked to where suddenly a trauma from one of my childhood experiences got released. And I was sobbing in class. And I didn't know why until I, I really I dove deep within myself. And I was like, holy crap, this is kind of connected to this other stuff. But I didn't know what it was. And the yoga teacher came up to me afterwards and was like, look, it's okay. This happens. But the amount of trauma that's stored within our body, like when you when you really think about how energy is literally what creates our entire universe, right? So if we are energetic being, energetic, energetic be beings, if we live in an energetic universe, then what flows through our body is simply pure energy. And trauma can be stored in different points in our body. And this goes back to acupuncture. And this goes back, goes into yoga and the, the, the fact that we're not taught that these traumas can be released, that we can literally heal ourselves through literal just 
manipulation of our physical bodies because the energy is stored within our physical body because we are just a meat suit walking around that's full of pumping energy. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I swear like it, it blew my mind when I had that experience because it, it healed so much within me. Your emotions can be healed. Your psychology can be healed if you know how to manipulate the world around you and within yourself because what is within is without and it's it's all equal and it's all a balance. And, and real quick, we got to yeah. say this so we don't get banned from YouTube, by the way. So results not typical or implied. Make sure you contact your doctor before you change your diet, et cetera, so on. We are not physicians and uh, you got to say all that stuff or you get taken off of YouTube <laughs> when you bring up stuff like this. But yeah, yeah, great stuff, Dre. Uh, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, we, I don't want to go too late here because we got Rohan who's staying up into the wee hours for us. So so uh, I hate to cut you off. What's your final thought here? We got Jen behind you too. We'll take that call as well. And I think we're going to cut it there because we got some other stuff to get to with Rohan. So, so thanks for being patient with me and us. And thank you for sharing. But uh, what's your final thought here regarding magic? Uh, thank you so much for having me on tonight. I really appreciate you giving me time. Um, magic is real and magic is personal. If you want to manifest any, any sort of change in your life, Focus on what you can do as your own person in your own life and keep those thoughts as the forefront of your mind. And if you focus on where you want to be and how you want to live and how you want to better yourself, you can be there. If you focus on the negative, you will never get there. If you focus on the trauma, if you focus on the pain, if you focus on the negative, you won't be able to move forward. So please, everyone, focus on the positive and focus on how to move forward in your life and not get distracted by what's held you back because those things are in the past. You don't have to hit your post there. Just keep on moving forward. And thank Amen. you, guys. I appreciate you so much. Well said. Thanks for thanks for popping in. You're welcome anytime. And long time no talk. Uh, come back soon, okay? You're the best, Trey. All right, bye. Appreciate it. There you go. Uh, so, uh, Rohan, take on that, and we got Jen as well. I do want to get into where, where are all the where are all the, the Gandalfs, man. Yeah. Like, like yeah, if there's hey, if there's next. magic and people can do magic, where where's where are the people manipulating reality? Like, where is that happening? Is that literally just a personal basis, or is there like I don't know some man in some dark tower somewhere with his hands at the sky and lightning bolts coming down? What's going on with that type of magic? Is that real? Well, let's look at that next. Let's look at that next. But it's a quick take on uh, Dre. I really appreciate that call. And uh, I, li I liked that sign off. And uh, magic's uh, personal. And that's the thing to really get into. It's yours. It's for you. Like McKenna used to say, it's got your name written on it, big old letters. And and I think, like, perhaps with a lot of things, you you must deserve it. So you you got to get with that bit. You deserve it. That helps you with you believing in it. you got to believe you deserve it as well yeah and uh, that don't focus on the negative i liked that too i appreciate that because it's that those things that hold you back into the negatives negative self-talk okay. so yeah well said yep 100 so where are the wizards well these but hang on sorry i just pulled my headphones out <laughs> whoops <laughs> you're, yeah you're these loud. buddhist masters <laughs> that's such a pro uh, yeah, well, they say that when you, that these spiritual gurus, when you, you, when you, you will inevitably, if you do the stuff, then you'll come across these, uh, in Hinduism, I think they call them cedars or something like that. And that's how you pronounce it. 
that that's the version of like magical abilities, right? But Buddhist masters will tell the, the disciples, students, or whatever they call them, that when they come across these things, not to focus on them and, and just see them as a kind of you know markers along the way to enlightenment. All right, but but if you want to do magic, that's what you're aiming for, right? And and it's a lofty goal, isn't it? Trying to reach enlightenment. So we can stop off before enlightenment. You're doing the same stuff and stop off and focus on some of the powers. And that's that's where that personal thing comes in. And so let's look at uh, Father Joseph that we've met before and a couple of other characters. We've got Father Joseph, who's a couple of centuries ago. We've got Daniel uh, Douglas Hume, who's a bit more modern times, died in 1833. And then we've got the modern, modern guy from the 80s. Okay, now... These people have got your glowy, floaty bits and bob wizardry. So we'll, maybe we'll go to Jen and then we'll uh, have, a, have a chat about that. What do you think? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's go to Jen in Missouri. You're on Trouble Minds, my friend. Go right ahead. How are you tonight? Tell us about magic. Are you there? Loud and clear. I hear you. Are you there? I am. I am here. Welcome to the Exiled Minds Toolcast. Go right ahead. Yeah. You guys got it. It worked out. At least this time. <laughs> the, the curse is broken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on magic? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so magic itself, there's, there are, in my opinion, yes, literal wizards, as we would not like the way that you think of it, not the way that we think of it, but of course, there are wizards that are at work in the world and they are at the very highest echelons of society and they are secret and some of them are more obvious than that if you look at our society itself the realm of control and power over the masses and who is wielding that and the groups of people that are wielding that yes absolutely they are utilizing every facet of magic as we're calling it right now they are utilizing it to control eight billion people. So yes, there are, um, in my opinion, wizards. What is this magic that we're talking about? There are different layers of it because it's it's the natural order of the it's just the universe itself that we're living in. It's you, and then it's the nature around you and the way you're interacting with it. And then it's also the higher uh, realms and the heavens and how they are affecting our existence. Knowledge of that has been exceptionally suppressed and killed out like a genocide of sorts, not just with the witches people talk about all the time, but with the knowledge and the ability to have it. And you'll see that we have a perfect centric order in every way, frankincense and mirror, for example, or any use of any type of plant, yes, they all have power. The plants all have power, and the animals have power. And and here's why. Okay, so every, like frankincense and myrrh, it's not just simply that it's a special scent. It actually doesn't even smell that pleasant. We like it enough. But that, that's enough to draw you in to understand it better. And there are properties to all of these things. There are properties to every single thing in the natural world. 
and the wisdom to utilize the entire environment, the entirety of your environment to different extents is what creates a master or what we'd call a wizard. When you talk about the sciences, those, the people who know science and understand it are taking that from wizards of the past and everything they knew about the natural realm. It's not, you cannot just categorize it and say, well, it's science. The science itself is the magic <clears throat> and the plants themselves. There's a reason why those certain plants, sage, for example, will kill 96% of all bacteria and viruses in your environment. And you can Google that. And it can, the smoke creeps into the corners and places where you can't clean, for example. So it actually does purify the air by getting rid of that. There are many different secrets about this on so many different levels. And I think that the, the thing about the human itself, the human being, us, we are not just these, what we are, we, we are just fine right now, but I'm saying that we got here because of the ability to reflect upon experiences and learn from our environment and the same way that other animals do it, but we comprehend to such an extent. We are apex predators. We're the top of it. People say you're not, but you are. Like if you come in contact with a shark, and a shark can't grab a spear and you know, like stab something. They have their own weapons, and that's a challenge. But human beings can conquer it. They can conquer absolutely everything. The human being is an incredible species, and these the the women the the ability to adapt to the weather and the temperatures that's all naturally ingrained and there's no reason to die in the wild except today we just don't respond naturally to our environment the way that we used to because we're not exposed to it enough and we work well within the we adapt to the environment we live in and so we are adapting to an environment they've created who are they it's the i know it sounds it, but it's obvious they convince you to buy things you don't need and to live in a way that's unnatural and actually is more trouble than it's worth on almost every level. And they, all we want is comfort, and that could be containing. And, and, but they have put up the way that they have controlled the entire environment of existence and your mind in every aspect is just if you've ever tried to teach somebody how to read, a person who can't read, if you've ever tried to teach them how to do it, you almost feel like you're doing something inappropriate. I'll just say that right now. Because it's like they know something that if you've met an adult who can't read and you try to teach them how, it's like you're you feel like you're letting them in on a code of sorts or trying to explain something to them that they didn't know before. But in fact, you're changing their whole, their whole brain about how they will relate to reality from that point forward. Because once you've learned something, you can't unlearn it. And there is a, I, I do believe in magic. I know that there is magic and there are, there's the use of spirits. So it's not just the natural magic itself and the celestial bodies because knowledge of the, everything on the earth is coming from space. It's all coming and no people don't believe in space and they're fine, that's fine. But you see the stars and you can see the weather 
and the atmosphere and the animals. And we would all be relating to that and that affects everything in our existence. And we respond to that as we should or, or we don't. And if you don't, then that is foolishness in a way in every aspect that you're not responding to your own cues about what you should do. And in that instance, you'll learn a lesson. And so most of the pain many people have said about the archons that they're causing suffering. If you do know magic, you will avoid all of that because you will see the signs because the natural realm tells you those signs through weather and through the way that the animals are working and through the way that the stars are moving and from the way that the sun is acting and all those things. Who has all the telescopes now? And you'll say, it's NASA and it's the governments and it's the churches. The churches initially weren't used for that, but that's what they are now. And they were always using it and they were using it before because they're not looking for, they're watching the movement of the stars and they're watching for cycles and they're watching for all of that. And they're watching for the hours and the time and the day. There is no time or day. It's, I mean, it's like, <clears throat> this is all like a, a thing that's going on. on. Anyway, but spirits, we don't even communicate with the dead anymore. I mean, like, you're, we believe that we know, people know that they've had experiences and that you don't just, nothing does go into the ground because everything alive right now is living off of the dead. Absolutely everything. We are. We're living off the dead. And to completely negate that and push that aside and call it necromancy and evil, Yes, it's dangerous because you're communicating with completely uh, with strange spirits that you don't even know. And I don't mean to get too weird with this, but I'm just saying. We put them away and they're gone. And that's not natural. It's not normal because our human brain doesn't act that way. And I, I just think that there's the reason that a lot of magic has worked is through spirits. A great deal of it. And many of them are not human spirits as well. And so you have, when you're thinking about these wizards who are ruling the world, yes, there are wizards ruling the world. And there are probably opposing wizards ruling the world. And there's many different types of magic. There's Taoist magic. There's Celtic magic, the Galdabrok and Solomon. Same magic there, by the way, between the Galdabrok of the Icelandic magic workings and Solomon's temple. Same exact magic of the controlling of demons and angels. They're using the same exact symbols, if you look at the symbols. But the fact that we are afraid to work with, we're afraid of death, and we're afraid of the dead, and because of our fear, we're controlled by that. I'm not saying everybody should go out and talk to the dead. Don't do that. But I'm saying that, like, there are so many, and, and, but we are, because of our comfort that they have given us as well, we have sacrificed many of our natural abilities, for example, to survive in extreme temperatures or to adapt to different environments. We have sacrificed that in order to buy things to make it all better again and give them more power. Well, so a lot of magic. way you've put that, Jen. It's this like they've reframed our our relationship with the world, you know, yeah. and, which has changed the world literally. I'm gonna get off here. You're doing an awesome job, though, and I'm so excited you guys did this because I've been waiting, and every single time I'm like, oh. but you did it today. <laughs> I appreciate the call, Jen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, chiming in. Always a pleasure. Have a Thank great you. Night.
Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, so there you go. There's, there's one, one way to look at where, where the lizards are. They're here. They're just hidden away, right? Is according to Jen there, and it, it's a, as always quite a bit more complicated than that. But uh, your take there. So, so where's Gandalf, my friend? Do we still have Gandalf in this day and age, or is Gandalf a figment of the past and a figment of our imagination? Well, I wonder. I suppose that realistic it's not a cop out but i suppose thinking about this realistically and perhaps we can look at this in the same way as um we see in the sort of x-men films where if you've got the mutant power and mutant skill and the someone you know the government wants to get you or dissect you or whatever or you know what would it look like in the real world and i think well i don't know it, it because there's theurgy because there's other entities and because you know this sort of infinite consciousness and then there could be an infinite number of beings, you know, and not many of them are going to be human, right? So then I think, well, is this, you know, it's kind of big smorgasbord of everythingness. So you can't really sort of place anything because everything, what I'm getting at is everything to me, it seems it is consciousness. And what Jen was talking about is this, our relationship where we used to pay attention to our environment was connected to it, so the boundary between it, there kind of wasn't one. Do you know what I'm saying? When you're more part of your environment and your focus is on those things, then you're kind of one with it. We hit, we got expression, don't we? If you're one with things, but that's when the quote-unquote magic happens because that's when you're in the state of quote-unquote gnosis, you see, and, that, and that's probably why in terms of the ethogens and psychedelics, McKenna talks about boundary disillusion. And I suppose it's about that, that small C personal consciousness and big C universal consciousness. That being, it, the, the gurus say that's an illusion. The occultists say that's an illusion. And the, the biologists say, well, all the models we run, nature doesn't make creatures with sensors that show the world as it really is. It shows you an illusion. And because the... and because the idea that you know consciousness is developed coming out of the brain just there's no there's no water don't hold water and because the quantum mechanics things are, are, are telling us some funky stuff and spooky action at a distance does definitely happen then we have to we have to get to that point and donald hoffman writes in the case against reality because because nature's not producing sensors that shows the world as it really is then the tools of reductionism can't show us everything it just can't, you know, and it's sort of been mathematically shown. And so, yeah, I think that's what it's sort of boiled down to, the way we've been taught to see the world. It's like I thought at the time of in 2000, in, when 9-11 happened after that, and George Bush said the world had like changed since that day. And I thought that was an odd statement because my garden's still the same. I still got the same computer in my bedroom. The world's the same. But it was the perception of how dangerous the world is led to real world things, didn't it? It led to legislations of this and acts of this and more movements here and more funding here. So even though it was just a sentence that somebody said, it literally changed the world and changed how people behaved and the perception of it. Do you know what I'm saying? It had real world implications, even though it's just a sentence. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, like I said, as always, right, complicated. And uh, 
I, I wonder. It does make me wonder, sort of uh, the natural world, as we've said in the past and as we continue to talk about through through all the troubled minds and all these conversations, it seems like the natural world is quickly becoming the unnatural world, right? And so I wonder if it is, if, if all this is some, some form of actual magic transforming, well, the old ways to the new ways, and that is some sort of magical transition. And so we're supposed to forget. We're supposed to forget the old ways. We're supposed to be persecuted for thinking in terms of what our ancestors may have believed or even had success with. And even looking at, uh, you know, or, uh, let's say holistic remedies and things like this. I mean, it can't, it can't hurt, right? I mean, I mean, you know, in most cases, don't go pick some poison berries and eat them, and that's not going to help you. But you know what I mean? I'm not saying we're doing miracle cures here, but why wouldn't you try like a natural herbal type of remedy for anything, for for Precisely. anything before, before you yeah. went to, you know, the drug dealers with the white coats? <laughs> because uh, yeah, well, yeah. actually, the uh, talking the white coats, I looked that up through recent medical stuff myself, and the NHS, while they don't promote holistics, they can't really say they don't really say no to it. Do you know what I mean? Because the because yeah. it gets results, doesn't it? So the, you know, and things like like uh, Jen mentioned some, um, you know, some of these like, you know, old wives' tales and witches' brews, those kind of things. It, it turns out they're real. You know, cow urine has been used for treatments for a couple of how long? You know, centuries. And it turns out, yeah, works great for diabetes, blood pressure, asthma, psoriasis, eczema, heart attacks, blockages in the arteries, fits, cancer, AIDS. Works against piles, post, prostrate. Yeah, you're, you're, um, gonna the, you're gonna get us taken off the interwebs. The results not guaranteed nor implied. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is scientific. No, science. Okay. What I'm saying is, cow urine in science since then, properties of cow urine have been shown to help with all of these problems. So what I'm saying is, chemistry that demonstrates, soften, develops drugs have sometimes, you know, been known for for a long time. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in the academic literature. You know, I'm just saying was, you got you got to be yeah, careful yeah, yeah. the way you say the, the way you say these things. We're only on YouTube, man. Not ever, not anywhere else. Like yeah. There are some places you can say other things. If you're on YouTube, you can only say so much about that type of stuff. So that, that's why I'm trying to curb you off with the past there. Uh, so so I'm yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Uh, again, look that stuff up yourself. Go check. Go look. And if there there's medical actual uh, you know papers regarding this stuff, go go read it. Go read it yourself because that's what this is about. Talking about yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. It's not pure cow urine. They're not. You're not going under the orders. You know what I'm saying? This refined yeah. properties. You know, chemical things properties found within the stuff. You know, it's not. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so uh, again, I'm good because it's early for me, but you, it's 4 a.m. for you, bro. So, uh, hate to, hate to, uh, okay. like I said, drag you into the into the night. So, what else you got? And then let's wrap this, just so we don't have to make yeah, this. Yeah, let's now. Let's oh, let's jump into the into the glowy stuff then. So, I've got three examples for you. Right, sure. We mentioned Saint Joseph before, so I'll give him a quick uh, a quick mention. I've got two more for you, okay, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. So, Saint Joseph Cupertino. He's in Wikipedia, so you can you can look this up. And the reason he's in Wikipedia and historically referenced because it's you know we've got um, church archives about it. So Saint Joseph uh, ordained at 25. He had a illness where he was in a lot of pain a lot, so he had to do a lot of kind of escapism, you know, with his mind, sort of thing. And he used to go into trances. 
that he started to sort of grow powers. And there's a book by uh, Michael Grosso that talks in loads of detail about some of his uh, escapades called The Man Who Could Fly. And it reviews uh, cases with 35 years worth of accounts. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's quite a lot. And it was this is, this is why it's an important case because it was it was visited by cardinals and nobles, kings, dukes, you know, all over Europe. Like so, they've got all that formal testimony, and then just tons and tons of 13 volumes in total because of all the people that seen stuff. You know, like hundreds of times is levitated even in front of the Inquisition, which we mentioned before. You know, and it was sainted by Pope Benedict the Fourteenth. And Pope Benedict used to be a devil's advocate, used to talk against, you know, the one that used to have to talk against people getting sainted. So for him to saint him himself, it's like it's the ultimate, yeah, this guy's for real. So, you know, that's like uh, the 17th century. Okay, so we've talked about him before. He could fly, you know, straight up. He used to grab, you know, he helped these guys get an iron cross on a church roof. It was just legit, you know, apparently made it by Geiger Blind and, got his sight back, yeah, healing abilities, all sorts, clairvoyance, all kinds of crazy stuff. So we've got that case, but that's centuries ago, right? So, but we've got a lot of testimony, okay? But then in more modern times, Edinburgh, 20th of March, we've got born Daniel Donglas Hume, 1833. He died in 1886. Okay, so a couple of centuries later, this is in, in you know, this sort of 1900s, so this is a bit more testable. So we've got a bit of a scientific testimony. We've got testimony from some critics. That these, they had these Dutch critics from, um, where were they from? There was these uh, sceptical Dutch radical school of modern uh, Protestantism. And they, they basically they denied all kinds of miracles, divination and concepts of spirits. But what this guy used to be able to do somehow, used to be able to he'd have this massive table see it like 14 people big massive candelabras on it and it and it'd end up like floating and levitating you know and these guys it's all lit it's like a lot of spiritualists at the time doing things dark and you've got like fake hands and stuff and that's where we start to get you know where the you know the fake mediums was at the height but with daniel Dongman's the thing was levitating got his you know and they're getting spirits touching him or, you know, they're feeling the hands touching them. And so they got the most ardent skeptics for that one. And they kept trying to, you know, move around him to see if there's anything. Because they have free movement, so it's fully lit. They can see underneath the table, that kind of thing. So that was a, a pretty impressive case. But again, it's a while ago, isn't it? And so in our days, it's easy to kind of sort of look away. But then we've got what you was asking for, Mike. We've got the really miraculous stuff that's like okay this surely can't happen right so we've got this guy from uh, bedford indiana born 1920 1987 ted owens ted owens is also known as a pk man there's a book by uh, jeffrey mishlov who, who followed him for a while and, and studied him and he did a project in san francisco where he made this prediction it's all covered in this uh story of the pk man the uh, story of true story of mind over matter and I, and I do believe this is what uh is an x-files episode on a guy that could sort of control the weather and it's about this guy ted owens okay so we got a real guy that got in the x-files so 
he's made a prediction saying that he's gonna he announced this right he announced that he's gonna give a demonstration of his side force abilities right to the people in the san francisco area he gives himself a hundred mile circumference it's quite big but they says right 100 miles san francisco center uh, in the next 90 days i'm gonna use telepathy to speak to living entities in another dimension right and i'm gonna make him appear so the police and scientists and other responsible observers qualified to report sightings can see them and i'll also cause electromagnetic uh, effects there'll be all kinds of magnetic anomalies in that area it says his intends to produce uh, at least th uh, three <laughs> it says not one but three ufo events is going to cause magnetic anomalies ufo events right above san francisco within the next 90 days and uh, one of them is going to be big enough to reach the papers there'll be a you know a, a mass ufo sighting and that's what the criteria is and there will also be uh, blackouts and um, there'll also be power failures all over the place and you'll see alien life forms right so that's quite a bold prediction wouldn't you say yeah so so that that's has not yet come to pass is there a date there for that because like hey if right, you that was in, no that was in the 80s oh, that was that, in okay, the 80s awesome. okay but did it happen oh, sorry that was in 1976 yeah it happened already 1976 mike that's what i'm that saying 1976 ted owens made this it's covered in a book yeah so he made this ridiculous prediction you know yeah ufos electromagnetics power cords but he came in, so it starts, if you, so you can look it up, it starts November the 7th, 1976. First anomaly happens when we've got 90 days. First anomaly happens after two and a half weeks when storm comes in, get blackouts. Okay, so okay, fair enough, but these were also like record-breaking the worst storm in years, 60, 70 mile an hour winds, it, you know, setting burger arms off, and they had uh, power outages. Yeah, they said they get 100,000 homes. That's pretty good. Because it was Thanksgiving weekend, the gas and electrical workers weren't there. So it was like major, right? So it's within 90 days, within the area, massive blackouts, right? Then he reports um, on the 3rd of December, still within the time zone, uh, Ted Owens calls uh, Mishlov to say, oh, one of the UFO sightings is about to occur in the next few days, reminding him, right? Then it was so that's on the third. Then on the eighth, that's what they get. Uh, the biggest Bay Area gets uh, the best ever recorded sighting, started in hundreds of onlookers. It made it to the Berkeley Gazette, and it was also recorded by a uh, Channel Nine TV. So it gets in the papers. Added bonus again on the TV as well, you know. And then uh, just in time before the deadline. On the 7th of February, a second UFO incident, including the sighting of an alien life form as well. So it, it all came through, all got into the papers. So it's like, we do have that more modern example. You know, we've got, looking at the timeline, the 70s, we're studying remote viewing. We've got Vienna and Mourn 75, the MK Ultra stuff. Then this guy is doing this in 76. By the 80s, because of the selling chip revolution and stuff, I reckon that it's just probably gone covert they probably know all about it mike that's what i think and if you like i say i urge people to look this stuff up so yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah pk man 
I'd never heard of it, Mike. That's why I was kind of excited about some of this stuff. Because you just don't know it's there. We can't catch everything, can we? Yeah, no, no. It's a, yeah, too much, too much out there. I think that's part of it too. Uh, let, look, and uh, there's again, this guy's name's Ted Owens. I linked through Wikipedia. You guys can look up. He's got a book on Amazon and all the rest of this too, uh, re- regarding the true story here. Uh, I, I have seen the X Files episode. That's pretty fascinating. The guy controlling the weather, but yeah, wild stuff. And I think, I think that's that's again right. Like as always, uh, don't forget, guys. Keep an open mind, not so open that your brain falls out. That's an old thing that the Art Bell used to say, and somebody said that before him too. I can't remember exactly who, but I mean, it's true. Like, let's not. You can't believe every damn thing because that's how you get manipulated. So just make sure you're on your guard. Like I said, like I, like I said uh, earlier in the show tonight, it's. It's about sort of shielding yourself against like the negative energy, right? Against that archon effect or whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever you believe in. It's it's definitely like the the, the mass brainwashing of the media is definitely I, I think it's all I think it's all if, if we're being real about it, I think it's all magic. And uh, what it means, and again, specific definitions, personal definitions, call it what you want, but uh, they're definitely trying to control us. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is uh, kind of pay attention to those control mechanisms and don't, don't allow it. Don't allow it to happen to you because, uh, you know, just because one person tells you they can do all this stuff doesn't necessarily mean they can, right? Like I said, cautious, skeptical but also open-minded, right? You, that's that's just the way I see the world. And maybe I'm wrong about all of that. But anyway, let's wrap this. It's so late for you, bro. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks yeah. for doing the thing and, and being you. And uh, thanks for preparing all this information and talking about this stuff because uh, you are the man. Uh, everybody, please, if you haven't followed the mighty Rohan yet, what are you waiting for? Goodness gracious. It takes you like literally just a couple seconds here. Here's just, oops, that's not the thing. I'll find it again. But it's it's the Exiled Minds podcast. He's got he's got the thing. You know where to find it. A link will be in the, uh, in the description already. But I'm also going to drop it in the chat. Please go follow the man. What are you waiting for? Brilliant dude, good friend of mine, and uh, you're the best. Thanks for staying up late with us tonight and uh, preparing this amazing information and uh, for for being for being you. You're the best, brother. Yeah, thanks so much. Like I say, I'm still practicing, and thanks for sticking me with the technical errors. So that's great. Yeah, and just want to sign off. That was a, that was poignant what you said there. It's about just protecting yourself and, like I say, keep keep yourself happy. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. And and I want to sign off with this uh, quote by Max Planck, actually, in terms of this magic stuff and consciousness and, say, just making it personal to yourself, grow the grass underneath your own feet. So Max Planck says this, I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as a derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything that we talk about, everything we regard as existing, postulates consciousness. There's a little Max Pack quote there. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and, and there you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the famous Liam Martin, the mighty Rohan, Exiled Minds podcast. Please give him a follow. Like I said, look, look. If you like this stuff and you haven't followed Rohan, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right? Like I said, if you're not following his YouTube channel, you're going to make me grumpy. Link's in the chat right now. Click the thing. Do the thing. Go follow his channel. It'll take you less than five seconds. One click to get there. One click to hit subscribe. That's it. Please. Please. Do the thing. Rohan, you're the best. Get your ass to sleep. Thanks for being part of this. If you, if you guys love the show and you want to help, you know what to do. You know all the things. 
Again, uh, sub up. Uh, we'll have the links in the other descriptions. This, this one's not about me. This one's about uh, the famous Liam Martin. Follow him. That's how you help this show. You follow him as the Night Stalker out there says something about tides and ships or something or other. I don't know. Anyway, do the That's thing. Right. They wouldn't exist if it weren't for the listeners anyway. They, they made it happen, so that's what it's all about, right? There we go. 100%. 100%. Do the best. Uh, I'm going to check out. Rohan's going to go to sleep, hopefully, and uh, you guys are going to have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, No Troubled Minds this coming week. Uh, I will have some uh, replays on Fringe, and uh, we'll, we'll have some stuff on the podcast feed. So if, uh, if you haven't um, actually checked out some of the old Troubled Minds things, there will be new stuff on the podcast feed that's never been there before so if you're wondering uh what am i going to do next week you're going to be listening to the trouble minds podcast that's going to be on of course spotify itunes good pods wherever you get your podcast there will be stuff on there you have not heard because i've got an archive i've got a bank a secret bank of things that have never been heard never seen the light of day there you go all right so i'm out have a fantastic week have a happy thanksgiving Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. I'm out. Follow Rohan. What are you doing? Exiled Mind, you're the best, brother. Have a fantastic one. Thanks so much, Jake. It's been lovely, lovely talking about this with you, mate. Brilliant. Finally, I got there. Yay. Finally did it. Third time to charm. That magical number. Number three. All right. Michael Strange out. Have a great one, Rohan. Catch you guys later. See you a week from Monday. Except we'll see you on the podcast feed in time travel form. See you then.